Hello, and welcome to a special professional episode of Fuluminati Philosophy Podcast. I don't know. Three Ps. I like alliteration. But yeah, I've been having a lot of weird life revelations lately, and I had to really do a lot of self-examination, as I tend to do in the December months, ever since the initial shroom trip that pretty much started off my comedy journey. I realized that pretty much my whole life, I may or may not have been a bipolar, manic-depressive child. Like, I was born depressed. And I thought it would be a great idea to express that with the art form of stand-up comedy because dark comedy and depression themes were kind of ramping up in popular culture but i think my story might be a little bit too dark so it freaked people out when it first started the first three years of doing stand-up in north carolina was like the best times of my life but then slowly and surely it seemed like unless you kind of go along with society's methods for dealing with mental illness i.e prescription drugs and therapy which, hey, costs a lot of money. That's what I was like growing up, just seeing the impact of being kind of stuck in a rut of prescribed pills without actually looking at what's causing the problem in the first place, which could be bullet force trauma to the brain. Because, yeah, that's like the oldest memory that, uh, my dad had so I was like hmm maybe he should have got on disability maybe he shouldn't have bred maybe that trauma got transferred from hereditary morphic residence or whatever the fuck they call it Rupert Sheldrake and his theories who knows I might be living proof of a theory because I can't forget any of this which is one of those curses of the gift of genius I guess, <laughs> gifted children, growing up, I don't know, I, get, I finally quit Jimmy John's, so, you won't see me doing Jimmy John's related material, I might be able to do it now, since I don't actually work there, so I don't have to worry about getting fired, for talking shit about what happens at every company, because I'm, uh, let's see if I can read the definition of will this bad boy keep recording if I go to the web pages yeah I think it's still recording hopefully I was looking up the definition of bipolar schizophrenia and alright let's read this fucking filing for this how to apply for disability cause yeah I pretty much qualify for all of these bipolar disorder cause look what we got Requirements. Okay. To qualify on the basis of bipolar disorder, you must have at least three of the following symptoms. A naturally fast, frenzied speech. Check. Quickly changing ideas and thought patterns. Check. Inflated self-esteem with false beliefs. Check. Decreased need for sleep. Check. Distractibility. I mean, I can focus if I need to, but yeah. I can't watch movies. I don't like watching the episodic television. 
Oh, fuck. They clicked on the wrong button. Damn it. So, yeah, I'm just doing... <laughs> this is a great... Uh, I guess for research purposes, anybody listening to this, you want to actually hear from a bipolar guy. But I, it's like all of my supposed uh, symptoms were kind of taught or guided to me by whatever the voice in my head was. Because frenzied speech... I remember when I first thought that was a great idea. Like, I was, like, in watching, I think it was called uh, Guinness Book of World Records. I'm sitting weird, that's why I sound like this. My neck is stretched out. Yeah, but whatever. Uh, Distractibility, yeah. (laughs) This podcast alone should give me, like, Social Security benefits. Because that would be the greatest version ever. Like, my whole thing is I should just get $800 a month to pay my rent and then use that other 400 to get gas to just go to do open mics in other states. That would be, like, the best version of the Joker. Like, instead of the Joker going around killing people, I'd be like, hey, buddy, since you guys made my dad pay $1,500 a month for a fucking pill he didn't even need that made him worse, just from my experiences and just knowing from last couple days ago at Christmas and having to see him going through all of the side effects and whatever. And me realizing that that's me. Like, I'm him in the form of his middle son that defiant... (laughs) Troubling suspect. I gotta... I should write it down first part try to say it but oh yeah it's really hard for me to talk about this because a just knowing for a fact that the medication itself can fuck you up if you don't use it right or you just let it become a crutch or something that you think you have to have it's like I guess the addict theory of you really don't need that much stuff. Because, I guess, lithium comatose. See, I know he had some lithium toxicity whenever he came back from the mental institution the first time 30-some years ago before I was even fucking born. My mom was telling me about it when he face-planted the spaghetti. <laughs> or lasagna, because my mom don't make spaghetti is good. Like, she's famous for lasagna, but... Anyway. Oh. Uh, I don't want to have to go through the whole, like, I guess I have to break my lesson for my dad to don't trust doctors, which is valid, but they want you to, let's see, I'll keep reading through this bullshit, this is going to help me get my mind off my dad, to receive disability benefits, you will need to show proof of more than just diagnosis of depression or bipolar disorder, you will need to present evidence that your depression and bipolar disorder is so severe that you are unable to work or function well. Hell yeah. Look at my last 10 years work history. I get a great job. Something changes. I freak the fuck out like an autistic retard. But that's what happened to me at Sports Endeavors or Eurosport. Soccer.com. Full disclosure. Had a great fucking first four years there. No problems. They had a thing where you can listen to music while you're working 
It was great. I had a point zero two percent error rate. Fucking gold standard of soccer jersey customization. Step in. We got a like a random ass insurance inspection, and these guys were like, "Hey, you have both ears covered in this place. It's not safe. You might get hit by a forklift." I'm like, "Hey, who gives a fuck, man? This is a shitty job. I'm killing myself just standing up on this concrete floor for fucking twelve hours a day." Let me fucking get hit by a forklift. Because <laughs> I can't hear it coming. Even though you can hear it over the fucking headphones. But anyway, I was just pretending like I couldn't hear them. They don't even know. I was like doing selective deafness along with selective mutism at the job. When they were standing behind me like, hey, hey. I was like, no, fuck you. I'm making shirts. I don't care. But they were like, you only can wear one earbud. But me, I'm a Libra. If you tell me to listen to one earbud, it's like I'm out of balance. Like, I'm hearing a bunch of old ladies complain about their family problems and their fucking horny medicine. Probably also, like, prescription medicine side effect of them being so fucking horned up all the time at 60 or however old the fuck they were. But anyway, <laughs> I had to listen to that garbage all day in one ear, narcissist, alcoholic, whatever. And in the other ear, I had to listen to half of a Slipknot song. And you don't get the full effect of Slipknot if you're listening to one earbud. Because they have, like, stereoscopic sound occasionally where it, like, bounces back and forth. Like, woo With the weird-ass pedals. And I need that. I need to fucking get my, my fucking muted power cords to get proper t-shirt. Like, I, I, I can only function in a place where I just never had to interact with anybody. But eventually, my neck started bending, and I was like, I'm getting repetitive motion, like, injuries, so I can't really work here. But yeah, it wasn't going anywhere. I was working, I was making pretty good. I could have moved out totally, but I'm just so freaked out at the point of, I don't like changing situations. I guess that is, like, the bipolar. Like, me living with my parents, that's why I lived here until I was 30. I make a joke saying it's because I was tired of hearing them bang, but it's really because... I guess it was because I was tired of hearing them bang. <laughs> All right. According to Social Security statistics, two-thirds of applicants apply for a disability on the basis of major clinical depression. Man, again, approved, whatever. Oh, God. This is going to be hard as shit. Maybe I should try it. My whole thing was it also fucks you up on a lot of stuff. Like, if you get labeled as being bipolar or whatever and depressed on disability, you can't say you hate the government because you're running off of their bullshit. But I'm like, what if the government set it up on purpose to make black dudes crazy so their kids will be crazy so that we can't get gun permits because, like, the coming Civil War maybe just because of what media has been pushing. Like, that's what they were saying. Like, back when I was going through all this shit, Sports Endeavors, also my Freemason boss, Brian Ross, and a bunch of other dudes were like, hey, there's going to be a Civil War. We got briefed about it. We were doing terrorist fucking training at a soccer company. I'm like, who? Where did this come from? Is it me? Do they think I'm actually a fucking actual anarchist, unabomber, black fucking school shooter? No. I don't actually want to start, like, actual problems. But I'm just saying, if, like... The shit do hit the fan. I'm joining up with the, the damn Patriots. Because that's all you can do. Constitution. 
Fuck everything else. America. <laughs> Maybe I was born to be a libertarian, like, to be the first black... Like, you have to have, like, a crappy, shitty, like, dosed too heavily while you're getting put under anesthesia for your tonsil surgery at four, and then you want to kill yourself for the rest of your life. But then you don't do it because you did shrooms at 23, you start doing comedy, and then you can't do comedy because what you're saying scares the fuck out of white people, pretty much. But then back when I was doing it at the fullest extent, when I didn't give any fucks, and I was just letting it go, that was like the best days ever. But that was like the first two years. And it's hard to get that fire back. Because I start doing it all the time, then it's going to be too damn easy. Oh, uh, yeah, that's the thing. Like me being bipolar. I hate patterns. Like even if like, I if it, I got successful and did exactly what I wanted to do, it would probably piss me off. <laughs> but who is me? Uh, too damn philosophical. I should have known. When I was in the kindergarten, the lady asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, and I said a philosopher, and they was like, "All right, red flag, <laughs> number one, baby. This motherfucker trying to be Socrates." In 1993, in Caswell County, North Carolina. Alright, more f- bullshit about b- bipolar. I've been in denial a while, but it's just because also this defiance and this being angry, knowing that the system can kill you too with fucking the treatment. Oh, fuck it. This ain't giving up. Maybe it's going to be the next level. You got to go down to get up. Maybe going down to get up means getting on. All right. More symptoms, depressed mood. Yeah, it's me right now. Decreased interest in all those activities. Yeah, I don't like doing shit. <laughs> I ain't like doing shit for last year. I gave up on exercise. My leg getting numb. Fucking poor appetite, overteasing. Yeah, overeating. I ate like a pound of chocolate on Sunday. It's free. <laughs> like, that's another thing. Me being, come from a poor family, you got some free shit sitting around, you don't throw it away, boom. It's in me. Don't give a fuck about the loss of sensation in my feet. <laughs> Insomnia or oversleeping? Yep. That's me. My dad oversleeps. He would sleep like 15 hours a day and only go to work. And then when he was awake, it would be mania and aggression difficulty concentrating or thinking now i can think but i think too much feelings of worthlessness or guilt yep feel like i can't help my dad out or my family because probably gonna go as far as i would oh god thoughts of death or suicide funny thoughts though like when i was a kid growing up putting my face in the sink and turning on the water, but then like hitting my head because my head was too big because I couldn't reach the floor from leaning over the sink. It was too damn tall. I was like six. <laughs> but yeah, real stories. But yeah, still cowardly. Never really had the balls to follow through with it. So I guess that's cool. That's another good thing about being bipolar is like you're so fucking. Uh, like easily distracted you can't even kill yourself that's a good joke <laughs> so i'm saying it's dark funny though slowing a physical movement and reaction i'm fast man <laughs> i'm like i got kitty cat reactions 
To qualify on the basis of bipolar disorder, you must have at least three of the following symptoms. Yep, frenzy speech again, quickly changing ideas. But that's what people love. Like me flipping back and forth on stage. I didn't kill it hardcore, just jumping all over the place. Inflated self-esteem. Yeah, that's part of my whole joke about being a five percenter, like saying that you're God's chosen ones. And they say, like, it's cool because they're, like, religious background. But if you're not a Jew, you can't be like, oh, my God, because <laughs> technically it's bipolar disorder. <laughs> Decreased need for sleep. Yes, yeah, the caffeine. I drink way too much caffeine. Distractibility is also caffeine. Involvement in risky activities of painful consequences. Yeah, BDSM, baby. <laughs> Uh, increasing physical agitation, pacing and restless. Yeah, that's me right now. Goal-directed activity, yeah. Taking on new projects. <laughs> Dude, that's me. I start a bunch of shit, don't finish it. Like Leonardo da Vinci. <laughs> oh, that's, that's what it is. Inflated self-esteem, that's just me rapping. Like, I raised myself off rap music, so it's like... I'm just fucking swagging out. That's what it's called. <laughs> That's what it is. You swagging out <laughs> too hard. You're a rapper. You're a bipolar ass rapper. That's funny. Like you pretty much black Marilyn Manson <laughs> mixed with Twista. Limitations. For either disorder, you must show that you have lost abilities. Yeah. Adapting to change. Yeah. No, I can't do that. That's why I live with my parents since I was 30. Paying bills, yeah. I can do it. I really don't even like bills. I don't even like shit. Like, I don't like buying stuff. Well, I don't know. I probably would. Interacting with others. Socially accepted behaviors, yeah. I'd meditate in public and pretend like everybody else around me don't exist. Concentrating on finishing tasks. I do it, but I, I concentrate too much. Like, somebody tell me to do something, I'm like, I'm already doing it. Don't use your words. I already get it. Fuck it. I'm psychic. <laughs> Understanding, remembering, using. Uh, yeah. I hyperbolize. That's another thing I like doing. When you're a kid and you start learning about fucking metaphors and similes, and you're like, man, I love poetry. And then you, like, start living poetry in motion, as they say, on the. <laughs> Fucking books. <laughs> Alternately, if you can't show you current as loss of abilities because you have been living in a highly structured protective situation or growing intense therapy, maybe <laughs> consideration of your residual functional capacity. SSA says you don't meet disability list, and they say what you can do. It does this by writing up your mental residual functional capacity. I can't relate to others. Uh, I can speak to the public easily because it's only in small doses. And whether you can be reliable and show up to work. Yeah, I can, but I don't care. Like, if somebody tells me to come, like, if they change my schedule, I won't check the fucking sheet because I don't care. That's another thing. For instance, say you have bipolar disorder and there's a missing medical records that you have moderate impairment, social functioning, and mood swings. Yeah. Mm hmm. Walking, standing, sitting, I do. My back hurts when I sit. When I walk, my fucking hip weird.
All right. RC, am I looking to follow you? you got no limitation walking, standing, sitting. You're going to work with the public. You're limited to one or two step instruction. RC, free you from working in many occupations. But you will still not be found disabled since there are unskilled jobs and they require working with the public. Yeah, I know. But nobody fucking tries that. Like, yeah. I need a day job from eight to five. Easy shit. Tips on getting disability for depression. Medical opinions about your depression and bipolar. Yeah, you ain't got no money, man. <laughs> I ain't never been a doctor. Fuck it. I'm just seeing all this shit happen. It's like my dad could afford the pills, not really, but he couldn't afford a therapist. It was like, or maybe because he was taught that white people are evil, so he wouldn't trust a white therapist. So he'd get a black therapist who would just fucking run him through and keep dosing him, like that old ass doctor that finally died that he had or retired on. His doctor was 83. How the fuck you have an 83 year old black man doctor? Even though he could have known Carver. <laughs> George Washington, peanut man, baby. <laughs> Brittle. Importance of getting treatment for depression. This SSA will review your medical records to determine if you haven't prescribed any medication. I don't want it. If you never get medication, I don't want it. Uh, in addition, your doctors recommend therapy medications against uh, non compliance. Yeah, I don't comply. Because I've been taught to not comply. This is Southern heritage, man. It's heritage, man, not hate. I just know y'all damn therapy and medication don't work. I already got my own therapy and medication. I got to be legally allowed to do my Black Panther fucking juice. Let me get my shaman on, white people. Fuck your fucking Lexapro. <laughs> Rest in peace, Brody Stevens, though. And all your other Seroquel. Homies, my dad's on Seroquel, and like three other things. Sertraline, Seroquel, Benzo, Generic. They put them on everything. They're like, fuck it. That man got good insurance at that fucking meal. Let's run them up. <laughs> Turn them into a damn hard dick zombie. <laughs> they gave him Cialis, too. That's part of the why I hate the medical industry. Like, all right, fuck it. You're crazy. Let's make this guy, this crazy guy have a fucking steel nine inches of thick peanut butter steel. <laughs> Disgusting to think about my dad's. Ah, it's funny because they've probably seen his dick lately because he's been shitting his body because his fucking nervous system is shutting down because those drugs, once you get off benzos, it's like one of the only things that can kill you. Benzodiazepine, uh... And alcohol, yeah. I quit alcohol dependency and weed. It's super easy to quit that, but I'm still angry as fuck. Then you have major robot. Examine psychologists might assume your symptoms might result from drug use and not for your own condition. You're going to say by depression, regardless. Yeah, I was depressed before I even did drugs. So I've been depressed. Then I did drugs when I was, I started drinking when I was 15. Because I almost died the first time I drank. I remember it was like suicide then, but it didn't work. All right. In these situations, helpful to have a period of sobriety in your medical records. Yeah. Still been doing. No, no. I'm, I'm great. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I had a six month sobriety thing when I was working at that plastic injection mode in place because I was trying to pass drug tests to get jobs. But it's still, I can't be around people. Also, you can try to request a statement from your doctor stating that drugs and alcohol. I just don't like small talk. Small talk sucks. 
Uh, oh, so you can try to question statement from your doctor stating the drugs, alcohol, not a case. Stuff and use would not make your... Yeah, it doesn't. I'm the same regardless. That's what I always figured out. Like, even when I was sober, I still get treated like I was high because cause of my fucking weird ass of being. Like, my whole communication... I can talk slow if I want to, but I have to, like, turn into another personality, which is why I change my voice occasionally. Like, growing up, that's what the uh, mental, I guess the voices in your head was like, people, you can create a character to deal with all these different situations, because, like, some people might see you as this, and me being able to, like, be a chameleon and kind of, like, blend in any kind of situation... Make it really easy to get friends. Sometimes I'll get friends with people I really don't even like. But it's like, since I'm smiling, I can't stop smiling technically. And nobody can read my mood. Or whatever. I love getting in arguments when I'm smiling. It's, I love how, like, that's one of the scariest things you can do is just be like, Yeah, nigga, fuck you. Cheesing. <laughs> Hella hard. <laughs> nobody gets it. Ugh. But I'm happy though. Like I was happy for a while, but I'm like happy in a sense that it, I feel like I I live like a person who died already. Like my Malcolm X said. But since I felt like I died when I was five, making it to thirty that's a damn miracle. I'm a, I'm already past the gate of whatever. Like I got three more years and I'm on par with Jesus. <laughs> live fast. Die, like, <laughs> by somebody else torching you for three days. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Some weird shit going on. I don't trust anybody. Like, it's As long as you notice some weird shit going on, you just cannot deal with it. Occult stuff. The Root, as my dad called it. He used to always be afraid of roots. He used to dig shit out of the yard. A lot of stumps missing. <laughs> A lot of chopped up ficuses on the Warren residence. A lot of mulch. Uh, but yeah, this whole last six years has been a fun one of figuring out all these different things about me and uh, my supposed. Now, actually, first I thought it was like a superpower. Like being mentally ill means you can like pick up on things that other people just don't have any perception of ability to do, like body language cues, freaking tonal shifts, smells. Like, I can smell when somebody's lying to me. Like I was like, it smells like outside after it rains in my head when I can, like, somebody just comes up to me like, hey, whatever, like, acting all nice for no reason. I'm like, oh my god, I don't believe this. I'm smelling fucking thunderstorms. I gotta get out of here. Bad energy. Everybody's talking about energy these days and karma and like auras and shit. I'm like, I, yeah, I can tell, but it's not beneficial in a work environment. You can't be like, you're right, your aura, your aura's fucked up. You fuck up the whole vibe of this station. I'm gonna need you to take five and do some breathing exercises and come back and talk to me like a man. But I also like hurting people's feelings. I, 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 lo- I think the only way for me to get out of places is to like burn it down. But in a fun, just me ro- roasting people, like in a joke way. Not roasting them as I'm putting them in the Jimmy John's oven. <laughs> oh, good old humor.
Holocaust. Why is it okay for Anthony Jessen to get away with it? Like, if you say you're going to roast somebody in person, <laughs> if like, dude, it's, I don't know. That was a good bit, though. Like, all I ask for is the freedom to express myself and work and not have to talk to anybody. Like, I wish it was legal for me to just blank everybody out. Like, today, that's another thing they said. Everybody just start walking around with earbuds. Probably because I talked about my old job, we could walk around with earbuds. Because the music at Jimmy Dons does suck. Like, that's another thing that pissed me off. I was like, I can't stand this garbage, man. I only like it when black people work at night, when we can play whatever the fuck we want. I don't hear some R. Kelly, man. I don't hear some Chris Brown. I don't hear some KC and JoJo on the fucking Bluetooth. This fucking Imagine Dragons bullshit all motherfucking day. I can't do it. Like, I can't even be in comedy clubs when they play bad music. I'm like, let me stand outside. Tell me, like, two people before I got to go. I can stand in, in the showcase when you're not playing music. But before and after the show, like, Dave Chappelle, like, or sorry, as in the words of the great Dave Chappelle, this music is making my penis soft. That's from the first episode. That Nissan commercial parody. Classic. We was classical composers. <laughs> Because every place, every business could benefit from, like, a dude like me making the playlist. Like, I'm not good at regular jobs, but if you want to need somebody to just chop up some cool-ass ideas that people would fucking fuck with, I'm your boy. Like, you want to, like, make sure the lighting is right at your comedy club? Holler at me. You got, you want some jams? You want to get right in the mood to laugh? You want to have funny references? During, if you have like musical cuts in between comics at your show, boom, I'm out here. I listen to music like eight hours a day for seven years straight at Sports Endeavor, so I know a lot of time codes, and I can like just on the fly like, oh, that I heard that that connects with that, and now I can easily search that before you get off stage. So this song plays, and you're like, whoa, what the? F- how did you? Oh, like. Huh. In the Bible, they used to call black people seers, like people who were probably also mentally traumatized with weird kind of nurturing from occult groups. And they had like benefits because they were like making shit pop. Like they'd probably be like the dudes, like, hey, bro, all we got to do to get that fucking pyramid built is use fucking hydraulics. Just think of me on this. We got that big ass Nile River, right? And these bricks, we can make them motherfuckers float. We make them big enough, right? And if we fucking block off the river, that shit raise up, bro, right? Right? I don't know. Graham Hancock. I didn't even listen to that whole podcast. I don't give a fuck about how they built the pyramids. But I do like that carving in the Taj Mahal when it was like, oh, that shit was stone cut. Oh, I was tight. Like, I fuck with design. Like, I'm a dude. I can tell you some shit is cool or not. Like, that'll be my job is being, like, in the background. Like, I like that flyer. That one look like trash. Try harder. Or try less hard. Give it more minimalism. I saw a great flyer today for a show I'm never going to at Emerge. Because they had a bunch of bullshit at the end of their fucking comedy sign It was like, don't say any homophobic, green, racist, anywhere. Like, oh, there's nobody in here. There's no, everybody's fucking adults. Like, you should be able to. Because anything can be misconstrued as homophobic. Like, I had people saying what I say was homophobic. Like, it's not homophobic. It's a real ass story. When it's real ass motherfuckers doing real ass shit. But it's like the only reason or way you can say certain things if it kind of falls in line with a cognitive dissonant ideology.
which is the basis of all fuckery. And that's how my whole thing is figuring out fuckery. And then I realized I was fucking myself by trying to figure it out too much. But then I, I don't know. <laughs> Just listen to the podcast. It's been fun. It's gonna be a slow reveal. Like that's the problem with doing comedy. Like I don't want to just give you all my plans up front, or maybe I can if I only give them to the people who actually deserve to hear it, which is the real ass fans who listen to the podcast audio only, and hopefully reach out. Cause I'm getting lonely. I like going radio dark. I'm about to stop using Facebook at all, or in general. Because I got blocked from posting a Doug Stanhope bit explaining people calling him anti-Semitic for his jokes, which are clearly jokes, even though they're based in truth, because that's what the ratio of comedy is. It's truth plus pain equals comedy. You take out the truth, it's just pain, and there's no comedy. If you take out the pain and you just get truth, that's boring. And if you just have comedy and no truth and pain... Man, that's just like kind of cookie cutter meme shit that I've been seeing lately. Like a lot of people have been telling me, they've been saying, oh, that comedy is a meme or I've been hearing shit. I'm like, does this dude, seriously, this, it's all just references now. Just, I go up there and be like, fucking Taco Cat, man, Pop-Tart Cat, Nyan Cat, whatever. And people are just like, yes, give me the fucking real life version of the guy. I mean, the Pepe frog. Give me that frog stare. You're just doing facial expressions now? That's in the comedy? What's going on? What was a meme i seen lately in the comedy? Oh, yeah. My friend. I got to call Rob Davis out because it was an accident, maybe. But he did a joke saying, I wonder what the first guy did when he was milking a cow. And I just heard that shit on black Twitter like six hours before. I was like, but that's not original thought at all. I mean, I've heard... Like, cow milk jokes. Like, dude's probably doing, like, other suck jokes in the fucking 60s. I think Red Fox had a nice... The cow got titties, man. I can't grab the cow titties. The bitch got cow titties. Like, that's the, that's sounds some shit Red Fox would probably bust out while smoking on a cigar and drinking whiskey on stage. Like, what was I talking about? <laughs> that's what they say. That's another way you can tell I'm disabled. Is by my fucking gimpy ass Red Fox leg. That's a, I remember that shit when I was on ANC campus delivery driving. Some girls like that ain't gonna walk like Red Fox. I'm like, mm-hmm. You don't even know, baby. I'm about to go. I'm on the way, Elizabeth. <laughs> All right. So 2020, gonna go sober indefinitely, or at least not paying for weed. I'll just if somebody offers me a vape, I may or may not hit it, but. I'm not going to fucking spend money on it. Because I barely have it anyway. But yeah. Getting more goal oriented. 2020 clear vision. I always, I, just like I, I feel like I'm waiting for the perfect time to come out. My eyes are all close now too. That's another problem. These red sunglasses are fucking me up. Because they don't have glare protection. I got this, the base $20 glasses. Didn't get any glare protection. Now my eyeballs are all fucking over the place because they're trying to avoid glares constantly on these big-ass fucking aviators. But it is working. It is freaking people out and making me unapproachable, and I like that. But, finally quit. Feeling good. Gonna commit to Postmates. Use my code. I get a bonus $150, even though comics will know that 
you're going to get like a bonus and they'll fuck themselves out of the bonus too and just sign up regular and not get any bonus just because they're fucking also narcissist alcoholics. We're all the same person. It's the same thing. That's why I hate when everybody like singles me out. Like I can think of every example of you doing exact same shit to me, but it's like people who make rules for other people they don't follow themselves are fucking assholes. But that's, I guess it's me. Cause now I'm about to fucking maybe get on disability or just do Postmates and make money and not actually pay taxes. That's my new plan. Just be a real anarchist. I'll work. I'm not going to take your fucking disability check. But I'm not going to pay taxes either. Yeah, that's a good thing. Nobody do taxes next year. That's the new. Ari Shapiro said it first. Even though I said it probably before that, since I was a 12-year-old libertarian. It was like, everybody fill out your... Never mind. I need my tax money. <laughs> Damn it. I put in extra. I was paying extra taxes as like a super Trump supporter. Cause I put it in so like they take an extra twenty dollars out of my federal, and they take an extra ten or ten out of federal, twenty out of state, or not twenty out of federal, whichever one it is. I take they get take thirty dollars out of every check I get to go towards extra taxes. So hopefully I'll pad up like a savings account subconsciously, and I get my taxes back next year. And I'll be fucking racked up. But I can't get my taxes back or do them if my phone service is suspended. <laughs> I'm joking. I got Wi-Fi. We're going to get through this. I need $400, $600 for like next Friday. <laughs> Impossible. But whatever. As always, you can support through Anchor. Which is going to be an ad read I'm about to do if this ad is still the same ad. But they have like an embedded donate button. So like a dollar a month from random ass. Like I've been checked the analytics. I got people in Sweden. It's only one person though. So maybe some lonely soldier. Maybe my friend Patrick when he was deployed in Sweden on the base. There's no base in Sweden for America. I don't know. Probably. There could be. A Helsinki like military base that'd be cool as fuck something some stone cold broads out there skiing <laughs> some thick iceland uh, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know where i'm going all right all right whatever this interview got really weird because bob the guy from between two clowns i also had to do this thing where me being mentally ill i had to protect myself from people who pretend to be friendly and understanding and caring and really just want to get close to me so they can, like, try to fuck me over later. Or take something I say out of context. Because everything I say is pretty much a joke. Like, I, I pretty much speak in metaphors and, like, tongue-in-cheek kind of not actually being serious and seeing how you're going to respond to it. Like, a, kind of a Scientologist-esque asshole trolling in real life. But it's all based on trust. Because growing up, I never knew who to trust. Like, uh, people would pretend, like, oh, Phil, I love that. That weird-ass, like, goth shit you do. But then, as soon as I turn around, they're like, your boy, a devil worshiper, and all this other shit, and he kills babies and whatever. Like, they just read into the negative shit. Like, negative negativity spreads faster than positivity. So, what I figured out, the only way that I can tell somebody is truly cool is that they can take what I say and actually 
ask questions and try to get deeper insight instead of just going off of the superficial narrative and then judging accordingly in a snappy way. Like, I like people who think deeply, so I have to test them. And if people come up to me and they're like a deep thinker, I have to, I, I just can't, I don't take anything at face value. I always assume everything is fuckery. So I have to see where it goes and how people respond before I know for sure. Because going off of what anyone says is dumb. Like you can't trust it. I guess that's my narcissism about having no empathy or whatever. But if you really did just take everything anyone says as the truth, you would probably get murdered. Or other worse things. Not worse. You'd probably get raped and then murder be the worst thing. But whatever. Because I've been in so many situations where, like, just for instance, like three weeks ago at Jimmy John's, I was leaving the tattoo shop with a sandwich. Two black guys walked up to me like, hey, you want to buy a gun? And I was like, I really only got $25 because I ain't made no money at all. I'm spending it on gas. But, I mean, I would get one if you could sell it to me for $20. It would buy me on gas. But really, I was like, in my head, instantly, was like, these motherfuckers going to rob me. Like, you get money. They're like, oh, you got a gun? Some dumb nerd motherfucker. Like, yeah, man, I want a gun illegally. Then you go get it. They rob you. And then they rob the next guy. And then they have, like, enough money to buy a bunch of guns. And they still have a gun. And you you just sad. (laughs) That's probably what would have happened. But my perceptive ability picked up on that instantly. Some motherfuckers are stupid. Some motherfuckers probably got caught slipping. I'm, I'm like a part of the never slip game. We serve safe shoes over here with the mental gymnastics. But, yeah. So you hear that last bar? Like this whole freestyle 35 minute rap introduction probably 40-some minutes, because this is part two of that introduction. I got choked up from thinking about my dad again. So I'm saying I'm not a real true narcissist. I do have empathy, but I try to suppress it so I won't feel like anyone else feeling sorry for me. Like, that's one of my things. I hate asking for help. I hate asking for, or, I don't know. I don't trust that many people, because it's like, whenever I do really need some help, it's like, I never get it. So it's like, I just can never really... I just, like, always think, what's the point? Like, that's part of my hopelessness. Because nothing helps. Like, I remember, like, when everybody was really freaking out when I was first doing this comedy about my dad and actually trying to get, like, police intervention. Legally, they can't do shit until they actually physically hurt somebody. Like, they guess they want to make it easier for, like, red flag laws so they can go in and do shit. But all they're going to do is put people through the system more and just pump more lithium in them. That may or may not work. Wisdom teeth feeling weird. I still got wisdom teeth in one side of my mouth. That's another reason I'm so cheap. Like that's that should be my medical record. So like, the doctor's like, I can take out two for seven hundred or all four for twenty one hundred. I was like, that's not a good deal. You said two for seven hundred. Shouldn't four be fourteen hundred? You added an extra fucking seven hundred dollars onto that too. Like, where's the other two fat? You just taxing at that point, Doctor Raphael. <laughs> He's Italian, don't worry about it. But the, everybody at that fucking dentist place drove BMWs. Like, it was like six white BMWs. Like the SUVs, they had the fucking 745, the freaking M3. It's like everybody just got a different BMW that worked there. So I'm like, maybe this 
I mean, actually, they fucking just kept my wisdom teeth and eventually died from, like, my mouth right now. I don't know. Like, my dad almost died, too. Like, I remember when I was a kid, his hernia exploded. He didn't want to go to the doctor. It went septic. And he fought, like, it was like, if you would have waited, like, two more days, you'd have been dead. And it saved them. I remember seeing my dad rehear- or rehabilitate from fucking hernia surgery. So I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty much the same guy. But, yeah, just glad... God, get some of this shit out so I can sleep. <laughs> I hate holding shit in. I was like, I'm feeling you're frustrated, alone. I'm like, I get it, Brody. <laughs> I'm never, like, I'm the opposite of Brody because I don't really care about, like, industry approval. But I guess it would, like, make ease, ease up all the tension of my dad pretty much knowing that I'm going to end up just like him. But he thinks I'm a do, or he's like the most supportive person I got with comedy, because he's always been like, keep doing it regardless. Convince him, and that's what people think of me as. Like they think I try to convince them of the things I say, but it's not actually true. I'm just saying them just to see how they respond to it. But these days, everybody's like, you have to be real, you have to be like, pop, you have to be like, whatever, no, or you have to put a disclaimer up before doing shit like that, because, I don't know, people are dumb, I think the industry thinks that the crowd is dumber than they really are, I meet people who know exactly what I'm doing, and other people who are just like, think I'm going to murder them in real life, I'm like, well, this is fun, but that's the, the thing, you gotta be polarized, they say don't be polarized, and I was like, any kind of like, we should probably uh, get, get to recording. Yeah, you got record. Hey, it's content. red button. He got it. <laughs> He's going with it right now. Oh, with it's the shotgun right mark. now. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So let's uh let's like structure this so it's if anybody does watch this, once you hit out the guy. first party, you're like, you know, they're so. not a uh, you know gaining the same schizophrenia that you have, Phil. Oh no, this might yeah. end up just going in my giant documentary, just like me interacting with people because that's the whole thing. I was like, this could be like art on another level than just one episode of content on Facebook that nobody's yeah, going to watch. he might want to use this too, so... Well, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, so it's all open source. And by source. the way, That's whatever I'm cool here, you're welcome to a copy of it. Well, I yeah, like open, okay. honest well, communication. Like, yeah. it will, if you would, like, post it mm-hmm. and then use it for whatever you want, I'm cool with it. Quick, quick yeah. question, what's the name of... Uh... Podcast, it's just Filuminati Artist page on Facebook. Filuminati. Okay, yeah. so this is the beginning of the Filuminati <laughs> Artist page. And uh, joining us today is <laughs> <laughs> Phil Filuminati himself. Yeah, not okay. really. I'm not anything. Like I am self. Not even real. Right, so not not, not even us. real Filuminati. Not joining us, mm-hmm. Phil. Not joining us. Oh yes. We have uh, Matthew, also known as Between Two Clouds, is his artist moniker and his brand. Well, mm-hmm. not artist moniker anymore, but it's my brand. All right, he's changing things up. Uh, it's his brand right now. But Brand. <laughs> His brand is Between Two Clouds, Between the Number Two Clouds. You can find that at BetweenTwoClouds.com or on any social media. Uh, I'm here. I'm not going to be talking. Uh, this is all an oh. illusion. I know. You got to keep the structure going. Like, if we make any kind of points, it would, like, start going I think, off a tangent. I think, Daniel, yeah. you keep it structured. Can you be, J- like, Jamie from Joe Rogan? Because Phil's not going to keep it structured. Okay. Uh, let's, let's not ask. I Yeah, I'm the chaos part of the interview. Let's like, show compassion to Phil. Right. Yeah. yeah, like I would hire you, Phil, to like filibuster. Yeah. Like if I needed a distraction, I'd hire you. But to me, every interaction to me is like an art thing. Like so if I was robbing a bank, I would have you down the street doing something. What? No, no, I can't do freeze up in those moments. Like he was talking about like <laughs> when you you're on uh, like man on the street interviews. I can't do that shit. Like he was like, go around and like do Eric Andre type like 
shit in Walmart. I'm like, nah, that's not what I like. So here's the thing: if that's where they fucked up, is they told you to do something. I wouldn't tell yeah. you to do anything. Mm -hmm. I would, I would drive you and just drop you off somewhere, no yeah. words, and I would go and then rob the. It'd be fine. Like Tom Cruise on that island, making Wilsons out here. When life hands you roller skates and soccer ball, baby. Are you baby. talking about Tom Hanks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely Tom Hanks. Yeah, yeah, this is all allegory. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because if we left Tom Cruise on an island, the Scientologists pick him up by helicopter within about 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah, because they know the truth. They were already circling the island, making sure he was safe. That's what I figured out about my comedy. You know how they say, like, they're supposed to protect business? That's, like, the whole thing about, like, the Jewish influence of, like, the industry. Right, Phil, and... Phil, Phil, no, 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 no. I talk about like, the cops in the here? old days, <laughs> like, when, um... Like, Lenny Bruce was getting fined for obscenity. They were like, they didn't have a problem with what he was saying. It was like, as long as you give us $5,000, it's fine. You can do whatever you want. So I was like, how many tickets were you selling? I was like, tickets were like $5 a, a ticket back then because it was like $5 was like $20 or whatever it is today. So I'm like, they really didn't have a problem. They just figured out a weird way to use a law to just tax an individual and keep that artist kind of broken penniless just because of supposed, like, like big jokes. There were two bad for the crowd gonna influence people to be like whatever they are now because we are all for this lady bruce <laughs> like everybody like he was the first guy just to be the guy who's like hey dick shit whatever i never even heard lady bruce that's the thing like i, I think of the idea of lady bruce and what he represented to art and like fighting industry and like what he had to go through and go to jail and shit i like if i would i probably would have been murdered <laughs> like if i was back then they're like what black guy talking about pharmacological industrial complex Boom. Phil, I feel yeah. like you are an LSD droplet that was in a petri dish for too long and then turned into a person. Yeah, <laughs> my dad was pretty much dosed with lithium and weird shit, and he came in my mom, and then she created some kind of like weird genius guy who can't express it. He said he's that too I black. Did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, like, I realized that you know, Kanye, I feel like your parents aren't even black. Yeah, yeah, they are like Mary and Joseph. Like they are like the fucking white. conservative, like nice, like East Side apartment, fucking good times family. <laughs> and like, whenever I see him, it gets a whole side. Like people think I don't have emotions. I cry. Me and my mom have conversations. And I walk away. I cry. And I like it's crazy. What? Why? Why do you cry? Cause it's too real. It's how like, does it? How does it feel? What? When you cry. The facial reaction. Pleasurable. That's the problem. Like, you know that Joker says he like laughs at pain? I guess you, you yeah. cry at pain. No, no. I cry and I cool. It's like my whole body starts vibrating. I feel like tingly and like loving the sadness. Because it's like it built whatever I became now. You but, come from crying. Yeah. Just to reiterate. Okay. Just to point that, I would like to reiterate. But it's got too weird and too deep. This is what I think. I like tone shifting. I like to reiterate that comment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Phil Luminati comes from crying. I like to. Mm hmm. The pain of being a black, like, metal head, pretty much, in this part of North Carolina. Like, this is where I grew up. Like, maybe like 12 miles that way is my original house. <laughs> and it's like country. You can see my dad trying to murder us because he was schizophrenia medication that made him crazier. And that's like what I'm trying to exhibit in comedy, but it's like, oh yeah, now you're schizophrenic because you don't take medication because we saw the Joker and that's what he did, so we're going to fucking throw you away. Like, I feel like I, I drove 40 minutes to uh, do a mobile No, this is like to do a therapy session <laughs> with a guy who's just trying to like... I feel like a mobile therapist. Mm -hmm. This is like a life coach situation, <laughs> like reverse life coaching. Where it's like the patient is the one teaching. Uh, Raleigh. Raleigh? Okay. Oh yeah, back to between two clouds. <laughs> I don't think we ever got there. We, I mean, we started out with it with the intro. 
I started recording right there doing the intro. If that doesn't give you hope to follow your dreams and do whatever you can do, yeah. I don't know what does. That's the thing, it's like, do it regardless. They think you're crazy for, like, doing whatever, just, like, letting life, or whatever you get, hand it to you, just, like, get a show or whatever, it don't matter. And they think that's crazy to pursue that without having a goal of eventually being financially. Unknown caller. Uh -oh. <laughs> Unknown caller. I that's like the FBI, baby. Yeah, that, that does. That would be FBI timing. Yeah, that would be mm -hmm. FBI what? timing. Yes. It's like, uh, just saying. So you now we are gonna pick up that Filuminati. Yeah, we heard he cries and comes at the same time. Yeah, we. He's, he's yeah, about to be. That's about to be researched. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a very white voice on the other side. Does that inspire confidence no, and faith or the opposite? Why whales? That's me. Ah. That was suspicious as fuck, buddy. <laughs> They're dropping a bomb on us right now. Mm, they got a white van down the road. <laughs> They're eating donuts, smoking hella cigs. They're going to get y'all. I'm going to be good. They know I'm retarded. But that's the thing, though. I want it to happen because like, that means I'm actually right about like people coming after certain types of crying sessions yeah and like rebellious <laughs> ass artists i was reading this weird shit about christianity and like it was like a conspiracy that like the whole thing about being a rebel christian or whatever like jesus going around telling everybody what to do is like the wrong thing and like he was actually like a demon in that old sense if you look at it from their perspective and like we're supposed to submit and just let whatever happen. I'm like, no. I'm like, to me, I don't know. <laughs> Real quick, what is who is the guy next to me? What is what is this guy's deal <laughs> over here? What is going on with that? Oh, uh, this is the balance. <laughs> he's like the guy in the white room in the Matrix, and he's like, nigga, I'm Will Ferrell in the like other room. They like the Saturday Night Live parody. I feel like you're more like a Will Ferrell. Yeah. <laughs> you're more Will Ferrell. Won't Ferrell. Won't Ferrell. <laughs> yeah, like will will not. Well, not <laughs> mm -hmm. nah, feral as in beast get it like f-e-r-a-l but yeah that's the metaverse of our comedy like, i like tying shit that doesn't make sense together and that makes people uncomfortable because this is like non-linear thinking baby you know adobe all right, <laughs> all right so let's hear explain yeah. between two clouds all right all right so. let's go <laughs> <laughs> This is fun, though. We are eight <laughs> minutes in, and we've gotten 832 thoughts out of it. I can only communicate people who going to be put out as content. That's how I figure no, it out. No order. Uh, like, no conclusion to any of them. But I don't even, know, I don't even know where I am anymore. Yeah. I, just, I gone too long, and now mm -hmm. I'm wondering what state I'm in. I accidentally took you to a different plane of existence. Like you open a door, it's been like the Wizard of Oz outside. A bunch yeah, of that's, what, that's what happened. <laughs> it's not Kansas. It's confusion. I wish I had that type of power. Like if I was rich enough to like get a bunch of people to like build a set around here and do a prank, and you open the door and just like, oh my god, it's actually fucking Wizard of Oz. And I'm like, you got punk, baby. It's <laughs> like a small ass <laughs> shipping container and slide it in while we're talking. That's the type of art I want to do. <laughs> shit is like crazy shit like that. Like real Eric Andre. Like, Tom York, can you get me a fucking pallet jack out here? With a flatbed. <laughs> putting sets in to real life. <laughs> 838. <laughs> ATV. <laughs> or we got six more out of the same. Seven more out of the way. That's uh, so my name is Matthew Hahn. But yeah, I love what you guys are doing because you guys represented like what happens when the system of comedy becomes too iron fisted and like gatekeepery. Because people yeah. like you spring up to try to fill that void, and people respond by fucking spreading the shit. And yeah, yeah, yeah I'm big. So between two clouds. Initially, when I made it, it was just my artist moniker, and I would make music and be an artist. But then over time, the idea that that spawned from 
it became obvious that that idea was for more people than just me. So it became like, you know, a brand, community, it's going to be like a you know, full-fledged business and then events, uh, art. And like to that point, Between Two Clouds is going to be a platform for people to like do art uninhibited and to where I would handle the business side of it to where I'll make it work with financial and all that to where they can just focus on art. And then also when I want to do art, same thing, I'd have the business practices in play to be able to do whatever I want. Uh, so like right now we do a lot of events and those events are, you know, stand up comedy and at my shows I'm really big on, I don't try to buy into, I have to book this kind of person and that kind of person and this kind of person. I just book people that are funny. I don't worry about, I, I used to worry about like, do I have enough females that I'm booking? Do I have enough? Uh, people of different like ethnicities have been booking. And now I'm in those meetings. They are so hilarious. I'm like, wait a second. I figured out the behind the curtain. Yeah, and I and I hate that shit so much because it should just be based on like, are you funny or are you not? Mm -hmm. It shouldn't matter what all the other shit is. So I so my shows are based on that. Like, are you funny? Or are you not? Uh, are you reliable? Are you good to work with? Uh, I don't focus on like, I guess between two clouds is not a pandering brand. It's like real authentic honest actually gives a shit not the uh, illusion of giving a shit up front mm -hmm. like we actually give a shit about the artists like queer baiting is what i've been hearing a lot from like they say like main street clubs like, we're gonna have an all gay night with all your women it's like three people there because they're like yeah it's pandering just cutting people out yeah. you mean all oh those, my god that's great i mean yeah it's heresy to say they're like you're not supposed to speak out of turn by saying that all those like all women's shows are like creating a kind of environment and it's kind of anti-positivity it like is it is like uh like i'm very actively like eyes up here is a very negative uh, group and i'm very vocal about that i'm a singer and nobody wants to hear me sing well, yeah I yeah mean, it's awful. It, I'm so, it, well I mean, a lot of 13 year old girls really like that radio has shit Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, but even, even when I, when I said I'm going to hang out with Tom York, a lot of people in comedy Raleigh saying they thought, oh, he's trying to pretend he's actually really good. Because people misinterpret it on purpose because they're dumb. Like, I figured out a lot of people take a lot of Adderall and they go crazy. And it's like, well, yeah. they are dumb, but we, we always want to hear what we want to hear. Yeah. And we're trying to put that picture together. It's also, too, together. people are dumb until you understand what they're trying to say. I think it's less people are dumb, they're just really bad at communicating, mm -hmm. and they're really bad at assessing the world around them. Because the people internet. are able to do a lot of things. It's just that their communication skills are pretty shitty. Yeah. And this is something that I've learned, is that it's important to speak in other people's language rather than speaking your own. Because when you mm -hmm. speak in your own, you're not trying to communicate. Oh, yeah. You're just trying to throw your world on other people, mm -hmm. which is very like arrogant and not giving a shit. Hell but yeah, if, baby. But if, you speak in, <laughs> but if you speak in their language, then that's actual communication. Oh, yeah. It's like when I go into a situation, I speak different based on the people that are around. And the things I speak around are different. And so people have different interpretations of me, but the reality is I'm just trying to meet them where they're at. Mm -hmm. I pull myself out of it as much as I can. And that's like, again, to why the Between Two Clouds thing is a certain way. I'm not trying to tell people how to do art. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to just provide the platform. So when I do art, I can do whatever I want to. Right. I only have one rule for my stand-up comedy shows, is that you can't make, when your joke fails, you can't make a joke saying, well, I don't care because I'm not paid, because yeah. I do pay. And it, it presents a bad brand image when I yeah. actually pay, and then you're saying, oh, I don't even know if I'm being paid, because then the customers are like, or the guests are like, uh, oh, if they're not being paid, where's my money going to? It's like, mm -hmm. no, they're, they're being fucking paid. Right. So that's the only rule I have, but everything else is, you can say it, right. no matter what. Yeah, and then not doing like the whole thing where it's like it's only ladies, there's only guys, there's only this, there's only that. Like that's how you ruin the world, and you. Oh yeah, so like, individualism. I was talking about like like shitty ass like open mic shows. Like everybody's like, because that's like another fun thing. 
like my whole like legacy of this whole like, like passive aggressive kind of like exposure he just kind of did with me because like oh yeah i'm the guy he's supposedly fake talking about but yeah i can see how they got misinterpreted you don't mind using old people no no funny's <laughs> funny funny's funny if somebody's funny and like people like get my whole thing about like i'll say something about like treat shows like they're open mics treat mics like they're shows in a sense that have the spirit of not giving a fuck about failing just so you can express yourself and then you probably end up killing because like people get into their head too much about like certain shit but a lot of people misinterpret what i said about like money but to me it's a joke i'm talking about like good nights like they'll like make you jump through all these hoops and do all these rules or whatever just to get like the one chance a year to do something well, and then depends. I'm like, well, you could just do whatever you want at the open mics and somehow randomly some old lady in the crowd calls you to do a birthday party. Well, it depends on your intentions. That's something I've learned is that if you want a certain result, there's a certain way of doing things to get that result. So, like, the way I do things is I don't care for a certain result. Mm -hmm. I just try to do things the right way, treat people well. Like, I'm big on that. Like, everybody I work with, I want to treat well and try it, try it. Like, everybody fucks up. I try to just be honest try to do things the right way, and then whatever the result is, the result is. I don't worry about that. I worry about just the process as being really good. I don't aim for a result. So sometimes I get a lot of beautiful results. Other times people misinterpret what I do. Yep. But let's say like you want to get more shots at good nights, and you have to do certain things to get that I don't shot. Want it. That's the thing. My whole thing was to get fired in the first place. I knew that it never worked with a guy like me because of this whole thing about like politically correct culture and the whole like, like polish or whatever they call it. Like the whole like they feel like they create you as an artist instead of you've already like known who you were your whole life. So it's like they pretty much it's like you have to go through the authoritarian narcissist model to ascend through that thing. Instead of just each each being system on is your different. Each system has different rules and they have to provide those rules yeah. to get the benefit of this the system. So yeah. I, I like to take a, a sit in a chair when I'm doing my my thing, but a lot of people don't like that because they say it's like a TED talk, yeah, and, and they don't like TED talks. But when I take my leg off for donations, I have to sit in a chair, so I have to do my thing in a chair because I put my leg on the corner of the stage. For Nobody's donations. mad at a wheelchair comic is sitting down either, so it's like why would he get mad? Yeah, but he on doesn't have leg. an empty leg to put money in. See, I have one that I sit on the corner. He's a brain so He's like. Your legs have shrunk up. You need to put some big legs on, like the Hulk hands. It's like fake legs to stick your legs in, man. A phone. Great invention. <laughs> so you're, you're saying to perform on good nights, you have to follow a certain like rule set that kind of stops you from creating anything in the first place, well, or it makes like blank <coughs> open content that doesn't really reach anybody and ends up making you kind of build a following of people who you really don't even want to follow you if you actually want to do the art you want to do as like uninhibited. It's like you start out with inhibitions, you're just never going to create anything. Philip, it's like a comfort zone. Yeah, I gotta say something now. We're not going to sit and criticize. I'm not going to criticize. It's just the idea behind it. Like, people think, like, small minds discuss people, average minds discuss events, and, like, like great minds discuss ideas. So I, like, look at the idea behind it. But people think you're not supposed to look at the ideas behind it because they're, like, trying to keep all these, like, people who are, like, wannabes and just vying for that spot in well, place. It depends. So each system is designed to get a certain result. That's the thing. And mm -hmm. the system you'd make to where you get a, the same result regardless of who enters yeah. it because it's better than relying on people you rely on the system that people have to go through so all these hoops you jump through artificial they do, intelligence they do result to a certain system so like with the between two clouds like specifically with comedy there's certain systems i'm going to have in place where it's like if you want me to book you you have to have a comedian facebook page yeah. you have to have content you yeah. have to have a good video 
have to have a good headshot. Right. And I'll and I'll even offer the service like we will give you a good headshot for cheap as shit. Just I don't like headshots. That's my anti-ego thing. using a symbol like Prince. So it's just like, ugh. Well, it's and it's the people have done that. They went behind my back. Like I'm gonna use this headshot of you instead of whatever you said. I'm like, well, now I'm not gonna work for you anymore. Like, well, it depends just, on the result and the uh, goal. So right. it really depends on because the flyers are looking like shit anyway. I'm like, well, you guys want this great headshot, and the headshots they use kind of garbage. And then I'm like, oh fuck it. I'm like, I should just give me this like a cell phone. Depends cigarette on the pick. intention. It depends on right. the intention and the goal. So it, or just never I, have flyers. <laughs> but I apply. But like right now, where I'm at with like the shows, I don't need a good headshot and all that because we aren't at the state to actually use that in an effective way. Mm -hmm. So it would be unfair for me to push that on to people because we couldn't use it properly anyways. We do a little bit of it, enough that we are able to do it. But once we're able to do more with it, and it's like, oh, if I have this and the amount of people that show up uh, increases, that's the whole thing. What are the ticket sales? Do enough people show up? Mm -hmm. Is the show good? Do they return? Do I get a lot of return customers? Is it valuable? Do they have a good experience? Mm -hmm. The money they pay, pay, do they feel good about it? Because yeah. I'm trying to provide a service that's not me just trying to make money. It's like, I want to make money because I did a great job, and you really value what I did. I like if, making money for yeah. other people, so that's my whole thing. Cause like me being an anarchist, like not caring about my life. I was like, I only got like five more years of live, so we should do as many comedy shows as we can before I'm dead, so I can at least get the message out there that nothing matters. Is what <laughs> I'm trying to spread, like Black Kaufman. Or, now that's my old headshot. What I changed it. So I'm saying that boy right there, he, he got a hella like uh, classy aesthetic. He used to be a lot whiter, Tom. Well, it, it's good. It in the if background. I can do white too, but you do it like this. That's what I like doing. Or just like this, I like technically this is completely professional. Uh, shout out Karma Water. But Sponsor to me, me, it's like Sponsor me Karma nothing Water. about it makes me want to go see it even like. Yeah, harder. that's terrible. That's a terrible. Yeah. Player. But, like, technically, the industry like, oh, my God, they did it. They, they put out the little things in the boxes and did paint by numbers. So like, yeah. I like punk rock shit. Like, just, like, somebody spray painting some weird shit. Winston Salem has a lot of those dudes. So I was just like, why don't, like, you like talking about getting the best people together and, like, creating, like, an art collective. That's pretty much what I've been trying to do. But, like, everybody says you're crazy for trying to do that without any money behind it. So it's just like money does help yeah. considerably. But it's like easy. Like we get got cardboard and cutouts and like do weird scan shit and that's like the cup flowers are way cooler. Like Annie Lowe, you know that person? It's they're on trans whatever. But they make great flyers and I'm like, why you get that guy? They like everybody like builds each other up and like instead of getting like whoever made that for three hundred dollars and whatever <laughs> and like this could build the community itself. That's like but you yeah. get yeah unless that's, you, a, that's what we're doing like we have a graphic designer in-house and she's learning at a rapid rate and getting better and better and better mm -hmm. so eventually our flyer is going to be like top-notch because we built it from the ground up yeah we built her from the ground up and then she's going to get people are going to pay her a lot of money to do graphics and then i'll so get you do have a graphic yeah. designer yeah because that's what i do we have a graphic designer in-house so that's like fully part of it we don't have to budget it mm -hmm. oh we by have, the way just so you know i make banner signs awards yeah, hey, Tom's doing plugs now. Well, no, he's doing plugs. Tom, let's go, let's go ahead and get you. Let's go ahead and get that, I, let's go ahead and get that number. Do you got it? Let's do a race. Let's get, let's get something so people can know what your thing is, Tom. Where's your business card? All the contact Where's your business card? This is just like Eric Andre. Where is it? Where is it at? I'm going to give it to you, but I'm going to tell you the reason I told you that. Well, yeah. And I've been trying to do this all for opposite. You see the stuff in the ceiling, right? Yes, it's a lot of things. I have tons of trophy gear. Yeah. And I make custom stuff. I do Duke and UNC and all those great people. 
Um, I like it. What I want to do with all the participation, we're working on two or three venues. Because of liberal like policies, this man has got all this right here. <laughs> he built this from the ground up because of participation trophies. I yeah. had to do something when I lost my leg to have yeah. something to do. That's what you do. You so, make lemonade out here. You lost one leg and you. So I had to another. do something. I, I was I was on the landscape. All right, y'all. For y'all watching no, this no, video. No, no. Listen. Hear me out. Stop. Stop. Hear me out. I'm trying to, I'm trying to set you oh, up, okay, Tom. Camera. Hold on. No. Yeah. Tom York advisor. No, we got graphics. We just in, uh, got that. Uh, cut it in later. He no. got like a dope. Anyway, so what's so the phone here's number? What, the here's what I want to do. So now uh, we're going to get 919-644-2004. 919-644-2004. Tom York advisor. I need to call so, him. Here's the deal. Us. What I wanted to do was make the trophies. I had one yes. venue, but it's a little too small. Um, and I wanted to do a, a comedy contest. Okay. A little bit different than what they keep doing around everywhere at these festivals. Because yeah, they can. Uh, so oh, let uh, me talk now. You're yeah. quiet. Adults have to talk. All right, write down comedy <laughs> festival how it fucks up the comedy so, scenes. Okay. I'm gonna make the trophies for the for the winner of every week. Okay. And, and instead of either we could do have the crowd vote on it. No, let's not do that. No, no, hear me out. Democracy is a failed system. Yeah. Or we <laughs> rant. No, this makes we it a little like bit fair. The, the I'm trying to cut out some of the, <laughs> well, the, you got a the, the nepotism. Whatever. I, I don't know that word's too big for me. Yeah, it means like family and like insiders only. Okay. So either that or have a set of cards made up with numbers. So after each comedian gets ready to go off stage, there's five people that are randomly drawn the first night through a pick. And they hold the cards, and at the end of the comedic, they hold the cards up with a number on it, and that's added up, and that's your total for the night. What about this app? At the end of the night, <laughs> oh, the yeah, night I was like, it was an app. You can like do polls, has put everybody's names up, and you just vote on them in the moment with Bluetooth. It's a, <coughs> it's a trophy. Okay. Trophy. All right. Now, if you have a tie, <laughs> then they have to do a, a standoff, and the crowd picks it. They have okay. to go at it head to head until the crowd gets a winner. Um, and fun. then at the end of either five, six, seven, eight weeks of doing this, make a trophy this big. I, I like mean, apps, just though. this big. I'm talking about monster. His well, hands are it. pretty wide out. Yeah. You just put and a Facebook poll on it Facebook. It stays in the venue the whole time the for the five or six weeks that we're right. doing the contest. So people come in and see it. Like, that's the podium. That's where you get the mic off of, is off of the trophy. Like, it's uh, a little bit, but you could do that. It'd be a little bit. Technical. I try to make it I easy. Do, I like I like simplifying shit. Like it was like you like thinking about like a way to make comedy voting easy. It's not like behind no closed doors and like people like doing weird shit. So it's like because they're like we're throwing your ballot if you get too many mark outs. I'm like oh. Like, so anyway, would at you the pay the comics? Weeks you take the best of the that that mm -hmm. one, and you don't have to. But if there's ten, my whole thing is split. We have ten comics. If it's five weeks, have five comics. You take them at the end of that and have a showcase. Sure. And they all come back and they battle for the big trophy. Well, yeah, whatever, you know, competition, <laughs> nice, yay. <laughs> but but you do it. There's an easier way to do it. and No, there's not. Yeah, trophies don't really matter. Like, plastic is, like, way bad for the environment. We're not trying to fucking spread anti-green propaganda with our comedy. We do not co-sign that. We yeah. are a trophy. Fuck it. Trophy, we like turtles out here. Yeah, we're we're pro-trophy. Pro-trophy. You understand what I'm talking yeah. about? Those, the, the type yes. of setup. I think they all fight for a kale salad. Yeah. yeah. But the, the point is not the trophy. The point is the bragging rights that you won. The, yeah, you won. The whole shoot. Yeah, I'm, I'm better than this person. So yeah, I can but put another little fake credit on my flyer. Who are the trophies for? The trophies are for the audience and in, in, in the people that watch. Of course, you're going to give the comedian the trophy, but the, the, the audience is going to come to see who How is this going to cost? That's, that's a... 
a head thing. I think we do this for free. Like, yeah, you ever seen... get the trophies, they take it home, <laughs> put it in their room, and, and it stays there. The emotional investment. The trophies are so the audience can say, wow, they're going to give this trophy away. You can't away sell it for scrap weeks. metal. They're going to make a plan to come to that show Maybe. to see that trophy. Hey, I, 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 I think people are more... Uh, I think we're approaching more of a Mad Max times. Like, mm -hmm. I think they want to see, like, somebody's arm cut off. Like, if you're in last place, like, yeah. you lose a limb. Like, I think people will come to that. I think they need, like, anarchy type. Well, actually, they'll come, what makes it even better, if you go to that route, is they want to see people fail. Oh, yes. back to and festivals, though. And how they're kind watch, of... They don't watch America's Got Talent what? to see the great people. That's they not great. America's Got America's Talent, got talent is garbage. We already shit. discussed this. Uh, well, they, true. I mean, like, American Idol, you watch the intro things to see the people that are, like, she-banging. No, it's just all yeah. industry marketing. Like, American Idol is just like people they pick. They're like, all right, we're going to get a focus group and they're going to use TV to do it. We're going to make 99 cents every time somebody votes on these people multiple times. So they make like millions of dollars off of one season of garbage. And then we don't know what happened to Ruben Stutter. <laughs> it's a conspiracy out here. This nigga dead. <laughs> but yeah. And speaking of plugs, I've got to like <laughs> What? Is that like a Google search you got? No, Ruben Stutter is like funny. He's like from North Carolina. He's like Clay. Like, you know, like anti Clay Aiken. Like, I think Clay was from North Carolina. Ruben Stutter's from like Maryland. And it was just like, they had all the local people, the white people around here, like super Clay Aiken because he's like from Cary. And all the black people were like, fuck Clay Aiken, Ruben Stutter. I don't care if you ain't from North Carolina. And then he like lost and I gave it to him. And then Clay Aiken career kind of just disappeared. Whatever he started racing cars. <laughs> I don't know what happened to Clay Aiken, but yeah, Clayton's a politician now. Last time I saw mm -hmm. him, yeah. he has an Audi. Like supposedly he like races at VR. But, but um, anyway, the um, the contest would would actually be a different draw, and you do it at a bar or a venue. No, no, this is what I think. Uh, like is this a proposal? No, no. To me, it's the worst right idea ever because now I care about competitions. But be, I'm get, I got a show coming out. Do well, you know who Leah Ford is? Nine one nine six four four two zero zero four. Do you know who well, yeah. Leah Ford is? Leah competitions. Ford. They no, kind of do this thing where people they get like everybody kind of. Out of Raleigh in, in the January, uh, first of February. <laughs> <laughs> is she local? You know what I'm saying? The Leah the, Ford. Um, but yeah. she travels Ohio. She does. Is she funny? No, not at all. <laughs> I mean, if you get to be objective and like look at the content they actually put out, it is just as good as Netflix. Because guess what? I was watching Tiffany Hat special. It's the exact same garbage. She's like, um, 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 laugh track, um, and like people were calling it out. You getting trouble for calling it Tiff out? But. Tiffany Haddish's special was pretty shitty compared yeah. compared to like some of her tracks, some of her YouTube videos. Are How much money you get for that? She so got like twenty five million dollars for that, and then like people are getting angry about like. Like garbage that we put out, so I was like, it's the same level as above, so below. It's yeah, like, but that's, that's the thing, though. Is, so most of, uh, I mean, you gotta have a certain aesthetic and certain kind of like, I like integrity about your art you want to put out. Just like me, in the sense that I like reject people that think that I should. They think I should like care about the shit they do way more than I should. In the sense of like that, yeah, uh, yeah. again, it depends on the intention. So when Netflix puts out the special, they put out content. They want that content to be valuable to where people value it, so they'll mm -hmm. come back to Netflix. So. For people to feel, uh, to take in content and enjoy it, there's different levels of it. So the moment you see the Netflix logo, mm -hmm. that's a con contract. The moment they see that, their relationship with Netflix dictates how they feel before the special even starts. Mm -hmm. So because Netflix puts their logo on it, they already feel safe. Like, oh, this is going to be decent. Yeah, pay $8 then, a month for it. Right. Well, or and 14. people wouldn't pay for it if they didn't value it. So the moment they see that logo, like, oh, Netflix puts out good stuff. And then the next thing. So... Anything put on there, it's already going to be like if if it isn't funny, 
as as funny. People are going to think it's funnier than it is yeah. because they trust Netflix. It's like, yeah. oh, I just don't understand it as much. Ah, and they're, they're going to feel more comfortable and more safe. The veneer it's like branding. Because the branding is very important. It's mm -hmm. the trust. So you can put out something that's a better quality, but if they don't trust your brand, they're not going to find it. It's yeah. funny because they don't feel safe. Because well, laughing is a very vulnerable thing. It comes from a very vulnerable place. It's uh, seeds of dissonance. So when you go to laugh, you need to feel safe to laugh. That's why like lights are low in comedy clubs. Mm -hmm. That's why you want the chairs to be comfortable. That's why the comedian is you know up and say just why they like comics that are ugly. Yeah, it makes them not feel insecure. Like you name it. And my cross eyes is helping the fuck out. I think I've been killing on stage because my eyes just start getting crossed from like nerve damage from smoking way too many cigarettes and like drinking coffee and not drinking water. But, yeah. So ugly comedy out here. You drink vinegar, don't forget that. Yeah, like I don't my know, kale shakes. Like with with comedy, the the most not the most important thing is you have to win the crowd to your side, or they trust you that you're funny. Mm -hmm. And what most comics do is like if they're fat, the first joke they have is about being fat. Mm -hmm. Like I, Tank Smith is like the fucking best at that. Yeah. He just immediately his first joke is like having uh, having man boobs. This is excited while he's doing comedy makes me enjoy his show. Like it don't even matter what he says, I just enjoy it. Cause and I just there. enjoy him and his energy's great. But he also owns himself. You right. know, he's very sweet when he does this stuff. So he like wins the crowd over so hard that even if his joke material, it's not as funny as a lot of other local comics. But he's so likable that right, yeah. of course you're gonna laugh more because you you feel safe with Tank. Right, yeah. So it's like, and that's a good. It's a thing, Tank uh, Smith. I like Dan's coming out of Georgia. Dan's Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia. It's like the I'm opposite of safety. Technically. Yeah. Like, well, Dan's is a nice guy in real life. kind of like Hank. Tank, yeah. Oh, yeah, I like Tank. Yeah. Of course, of course you Everybody do. likes Tank. If, if you don't like Tank, there's something fucking wrong with you. But, like, compare Tank and Danzig. Like, Tank and Danzig are the same person. Wonderful fella. He right. is. Wonderful. And you never hear him, I'll be honest with you, you never hear him talking about anybody else. No, he doesn't. Never. He doesn't do that. Yeah, you know, is, is, <laughs> I have real life experience people. I can't speak of it because it's like, it wasn't recorded. Nobody knows it's true or not. Well, we don't believe you. I know. I got the screenshots. He's like, Phil, you're because like well, everybody's been talking that's, shit that's fair but then like you call out people talk shit behind your back and they was like you're crazy you should just ignore it but was like, that behind was, your back though if he texted it to you no no he texted me like three weeks later I was like I didn't even know this shit was going on cause like people being weird in real life I'm like well I'm just gonna not talk to anybody for like a six months to see what happens and then well, everybody like carries it on to like I hate Phil hates happen. everybody in the Raleigh scene I'm exactly. like not actually true. Wonderful. I don't care about anybody else. I think he's a great guy. Myself. But yeah. But back to the point, he owns himself so quickly on stage to where everybody immediately trusts him. So mm -hmm. when it comes to like putting out the same content, Tiffany Haddish has some videos that she's so fucking funny. She is so fucking funny sometimes. But her, her special was, was pretty shitty. Mm -hmm. But it's also because she blew up so quickly and she's been so funny she has all these opportunities that like even that like risk associated there isn't such a tie to well, like, um, having to make sure it's amazing like, whole content being about like him fucking prostitutes and being an addict and it's real sad but everybody's acting like it's cool and like yeah exposing yeah that's what i'm saying like i got controversial shit but it's like if people are willing to ignore the thing the fact that he is like it's like a sad case it's like struggling well because they but everybody's like we can ignore it i don't like people like talking to you all like nice in your face and doing that thing about like you hear he's got like comedian all shit behind his back like that's the thing i see is like i don't like talking to people who are willing to Put on yeah, that facade. That's, that's reality. They you have to do you have to not own that because that's that's their stuff. It's because they don't have other. Like me with schizophrenia, most of mine is just put upon as like defense mechanisms against like people who would fuck me over if they had the opportunity. It's like I've been doing that since I was a kid. It's like part of my whole nature. So it's like I, me fucking myself. Everybody. Yeah, <laughs> it's a survival thing. Mm -hmm. if people are surviving. The odds are. Yeah, I got good genes. <laughs> you got good head shape too. I'm saying, also. Well, that's what I'm saying. This is where my comic people don't get in real life. I'm a sweetie pie, and I was like, I love everybody. I'm trying to get like just the scene up. 
Like everything, like I'll try to get us watching. The, yeah. Tom is shaking his head viciously <laughs> right now. Yeah, fuck competitions. Competitions don't bring things up because they make everybody start being cutthroat and doing all this weird shit. I like maybe maybe ideological competitions. Like I'll give somebody a high five for a prize. Like that'll be my funny version of like turning the whole competition thing on his I head. I will let you know that that is poverty thinking. That is poverty mm. thinking. Well, what? Give it a high five as a prize. Oh no! no guess what else have it? Pay like, money. What? Yeah, here's two hundred bucks if you win. I just gotta give oh, you another example, of, like weird shit that happens in comedy when you're, like you make money for a bar. Like they be like, we made five hundred dollars that night. We usually don't make money because the comedy club closed down. So like we got some shit going on. Thanks. But then somebody was like, the manager that was working that night didn't like your homophobic jokes, so we're gonna stop the showdown after a month. So like wait, because first they were like five hundred dollars is cool. Then they're like, we want more money every week. I'm like, well, that's not gonna work. We only can fit thirty people in there, so like, we make five dollars to thirty no. people in an hour. That's so also just you. bad business too. Yeah. There's a lot of people who do bad business. Mm -hmm. I just, that's just, uh, I don't work with people that are stupid. But I didn't know that going in. That's the thing. Like, people associate me with shit, and they're like, "Hey, Phil wants to do this." So I'm like, "No, I don't." And then now it's like, when it blows up, they're like, "Phil fucked up that thing." I'm like, no, that shouldn't do that. It's just like the guy knew me. He's like, he liked my open mic, and like, then it fucked me over. I'm like, well, whatever. The other thing about the contest is, um, we're gonna live stream it. Whereas I might not live stream as far as I like off the cuff time. shit. That's the thing I figure live, out. Like, live streaming services nine one nine six four four two. No, no, no. You don't. That's what I'm saying. Now he already gets plenty of like spam calls. That guy it, who just we called mix him was a fucking. put it on YouTube, so that means it's already on like Facebook. That come on, that decide to come on and be in the contest. They're going to get exposure. Yeah. Don't say exposure. That's like a negative word in the fucking hip hop. Saying exposure to artists, they don't like that. They will punch you in the face. That's because they're stupid. No, I will say that person. You can expose yourself, baby. Louis C.K. Get it? Comics, they want exposure. They don't hide in the closet. They I get exposure by calling you out and jumping on stage because they if like you tell everybody I got somewhere hurt and them, go like, somewhere. I'm not you negative. need to be exposed to the general people. public. Sure, not just go on stage and wait till somebody finds you. Put yourself out there where you can be seen. Yeah, but they, it's also like well, they could have just did it with their own phone. If you're scared, they're going to steal your material. So God let them steal your shit. No, that doesn't That's not what I was going to say. That's not what I was going to say at all. Oh no, people do steal material though. Like people think that since I just say shit off the cuff, they think like I don't actually write it down or whatever. So they think that they can just take shit because like oh he's never going to say it again. It doesn't matter if you're if you're funny, you'll be funny regardless. That's not the same joke and you'll make funny versus somebody that's not funny just focus on being funny it's like karma but yeah yeah but if you like way like you take way too much of opinions from like people who do that like negative shit and then like act like whatever is like weird it's a content but, yeah. exposure so something to keep in mind is when people evaluate something they evaluate it in a relative space they don't evaluate it just as is by itself on this island. They evaluate it in comparison to everything else. If everybody else is really funny and somebody's not that funny, but you put them in a different scene where they're much funnier, mm -hmm. that person seems much funnier, even though they're the same level of funny, the same yeah. level of skill. So when it comes to like branding and exposure, if the brand that is giving them exposure is shitty, when that person is seen on this like shitty brand, mm -hmm. like this shitty channel that doesn't have much uh, like going TV. on, it now it reflects onto that person. That person is relative to that brand, and now that person is being attached to, like, oh, I only see this person when they're on this, this shitty channel versus this really good channel. So when you're on mm -hmm. Netflix, all of a sudden people think you're legit. They think you're yeah. funny. You're good enough to have a Netflix special. But to special. get on Netflix special, you have to start somewhere. Sure, but I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, so that's, a, that's just an example. And that's what, I'm, yeah. that, that's what I'm offering. Here's a start. If you don't like it, you 
nobody oh, yeah. forces right. you to, to come. To me, this, this is, is Netflix right now. Like, this weird-ass conversation, somebody's going to get inspired by this shit, and it's got to, like, change how they think about, like, reality. So that's all we can hope for. But I've had comics come up to me and say, because I video a lot of shows for people, and they say, oh, don't don't video me. Oh, no, I don't let anyone video me. Oh, yeah, then they come out after the show. Like, Did you get my set? Yeah, I've actually had them come up to me after Austin. the show and say, man, can I get a copy of your video? They make up fake problems. That's the narcissist alcoholic syndrome. If you come tell me, do not video you, guess what? That camera gets cut off. Like them coming out. I don't, don't yeah. video. I cut it off. People right. project me that on too. They're like, people used to say back at like five years ago, they said like, people were going to record your sets and put it out without your consent. I'm like, I only do it for me. I don't give a fuck about anybody else. And then like, why would you even spread that shit in the first place? But that's how industry is. And everyone's trying to protect their own fucking shit. But really, they want to put their like, they don't like my comedy videos being associated with their brand. So they like take out Correct. good nights. Yeah. But I'm like, well, whatever. I was like, y'all, Either get mediocre people who don't draw or like people who are controversial and then like are afraid of the only being perceived as negative, even though like, there are people laughing in the video. <laughs> so it's like, oh. This is like they make up a fake promise to get you to try to like change it all. And my whole thing is, as far as like being schizo effective or at least adjacent, is just like any kind of influence is like rejected instantly, regardless of if it's beneficial or not. Yeah, that's again, it comes down to safety. People need to feel safe. It's, it's all brand and trust. It all comes mm -hmm. down to safety and feeling safe. And if you can get people to feel safe, mm -hmm. they're going to value your brand higher. Yeah. They're going to value you higher if you, they feel safe with you. If they don't feel safe, then it takes a very specific person to appreciate that. Most people will not appreciate that. They need to feel safe first. Oh, yeah. That's why they want all the same generic shit because they know it's safe. Yep. Whereas if it's something, show, even if it's you. something better for them, oh, yeah. they don't feel safe with it because it's a new concept yep. or it's not the normal. So they don't feel safe so they can't actually relate to it. So it's like you have to, you have to build that packaging. You have to... Man, like bend in the be an artist, but do the business to a space where they get to feel safe. Wow. Like only do that in like places they can feel safe, like environments they feel safe, and then they'll go with you in these like weirder spaces mm. because the environment's safe, or it's a brand they feel safe with. Yeah, yeah. I feel that balance. That's part of it. But it's like you're you're not even allowed to try to approach that balance because everybody's like you just gotta be so scripted up front. Uh, it depends. It depends. Yeah. So like I am somebody that when I go into a space, I am the boss. Mm -hmm. I dictate if I, that relationship's going to happen. I dictate if I'm going to work with this person. Yeah. I dictate what's on my shows and on my brands. I dictate who I work with. I dictate the pay. I dictate everything. Yeah. So, because I put myself in a position by working hard and treating people right and having enough support from like the comedy community, right. I can just do a comedy show like that. I have 30, 40 good comedians I could call in a moment, and I don't have to tell them what the pay is. I'm like, hey, I'll yeah. tell you when I know when I can do it. Yeah. I can book stuff out before figuring out what the money's looking like, et cetera, because of relationships I've built up and treating people right and oh, yeah. doing good shows and having people that help run the shows and blah, 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 mm -hmm. blah. And having a brand where I post something online, the moment I post an event online, a thousand people see it. Oh, every yeah. single event, every time without any promotion. Mm -hmm. And that's just because I've built trust. Oh, yeah. So because I've built all that, I didn't do it the scripted way. Like I did it by doing pretty cool shows like in the houses and stuff. Yeah. I just did it by treating people well and them trusting me. And then over the course of a year, enough people treated me, enough people trusted me to where I didn't have to do like that scripted crap where I don't have to, I don't have to jump through hoops. I could just say, no, I'm gonna go do it somewhere else. I could put a fucking show in a barn in the woods. I'm gonna get 30 people out still. Yep. So it's like, Regardless. there's ways to do it. You just have to be, you have to do it right. Mm -hmm. And you can't not treat people well and expect to do that. You can jump through mm -hmm. hoops and treat people like shit, 
But the thing is, it's all but, perception. You don't even know how like whale is to a certain person, depending. Right, on, it's my guess. You know. It's I'm subjectively guessing that this is a compassionate thing. Yeah, I'm just taking making my Especially best guess. Especially like Who proven knows? time and time again to be a super hardcore deceptive negative person that like everybody kind of thinks is toxic and wants to try to like use gossip to try to destroy other people. That's the whole thing about narcissistic alcoholics. They're like it's like a good control freak thing, like you're exhibiting, and then it's like a negative control thing. Thing of like people think, like, if I don't like this, and nobody else can see it, it's just like a thing right. that's pervasive in business. And it depends, yeah. like, if because if, I actually like care about comedy, like, I don't even care to be the person on stage being funny, I just mm. love stand up comedy. Yeah, just the I idea of it in love it. That's why I do the shows. I love people when people are funny, the higher truth. So that's why, like, I pursue it and why I think I've done quite well with it. Like, the mm. average amount of people that show up to my shows is like 75. Right. That's, a, that's a fucking high number. Well, so it's and it only comes from because I'm not so tied to it in a way that it has to be my way. I just I just like all of it. Well, so I control the things that I think need to be controlled, and like some people don't like what I do. Like well, I, I, there's some people that specifically don't like me because they're. Well, I like you, but I was like I don't like the idea behind like you were saying like everything you say has to be exactly truthful or whatever like verified i was well, like it depends it depends so on like, which it depends on which situation like if it's if it's strictly comedy it's strictly mm. stand-up comedy showcase then that it doesn't matter if it's true or not it's just funny is it funny or not mm-hmm. but like they had that one event where that event was designed to be a little bit closer yeah. to uh being like truthful and but the and thing is the people who were talking shit about that event were the people who did not know it was not supposed to be comedy and then the people who like later on at fucking outposts are like that changed my life. I like, oh yeah, that's what I want anyway. Just fuck with people's heads. Because that's the whole idea behind yeah. mimetic shit anyway. But that, that's the thing though is that. So I'm like, well, at least I got that one guy. And then I was like, I can be happy never doing anything ever again because I'm like, the my purpose was fulfilled at least yeah, in that sense. Philip, you got to understand the comedy shows I go to and the ones I do. The people are there are dressed. They're dressed up. They're out for the evening. They're eating and they're fish. Not have, they're not there to they're have black. people mess. What's to do me? I know, but that's you know that. They're not ha- have people mess with their heads. They're out to have a good time. Right. They come in mm-hmm. the door wanting, wanting to laugh. Well, I end up having great sets in places like that where people think I would never win. Like the privately booked birthday parties where it's like all black people. I'm like, I know how to relate to these people because these people are me. <laughs> so I'm like, hmm. But it, that's the thing, it depends on the intention. Like, there's, so, like, I DJ, and sometimes when I DJ sets, it's like, sometimes people want me to play whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, and when that's the case, I play it and they like it. And then there's other times where it's like, I won't play music I don't like. Mm-hmm. I won't do that. But I'll play music that's closer to them because it is about them. It's about being compassionate and giving yeah. them. Yeah, like you're fine. I'll try like, to see the bullshit. That's the reason I go to the do the clubs 40. that I do because they're different. You, if most clubs I do, if I go in somewhere, they frisk you at the door. <laughs> the, um,. Yeah. Um, I, thought, I thought you didn't uh, do the strip club thing. No, nah, this is black people. This is what happens. Go, There's a lot of racketeering going on with a lot of these When I go in the club, they, they'll tell you on, the, on stage, they say Colonel Sanders is here. That's the dangerous and, uh, side about like... Uh, uh, like you can find Colonel Sanders at 919 What you're doing from between the clouds, the black people use like drug money to try to like influence you and make a comedy They're there to have a good time. They're dressed up. 
That's how you have to be careful, though. That's how I figured it out around here. You can just about open your mouth and they start laughing, and they want to laugh. They're right. there to have a good yeah. time. They're they not want there it to, to be softer. They want it. They want mm-hmm. it to be more. But it, again, it depends on the intensity. Well, also, they like shit. Like somebody's like, "Look at that bitch, big booty!" And like people in the Correct. regular yeah, kind they're like, "No, you can't talk to the crowd." <laughs> and like, oh yeah, well they pay fucking twenty five dollars to sit and watch this. And I was like, you gotta say it's garbage from the, like certain like different little pockets of creativity. But it's all having the same effect anyway, which is people enjoying shows, people pay to go, and it keeps building up. Yeah, like, it, again, yeah. it depends on the intention. Mm-hmm. Because there's a, there's times where art needs to be absolutely uninhibited, unexpressed, no rules, no everything, and there's other times where you're providing a service, mm-hmm. and you're you're using art to provide a service, and that's just as valuable. Because oh. you know it's all about you know did you enjoy life, did you not? You know, the more that everybody around you is enjoying life, the more that they're going to allow you to enjoy your life. And mm-hmm. so it's good to provide value. But then there's also times where you need to just make a fucking statement with art or not make a statement or not give a shit or just express. Mm-hmm. But there's a, a time and a space for all of that. Well, sometimes those spaces to start off like a preamble for the show even starts. So it kind of puts everybody in a headspace where they have to be like on their toes about what they're about to experience. So it's like the, the crowd like shuts down and it's like it becomes a show. Of just like watching a guy do his like set, and then everybody's just like, kind of looking at themselves watch Correct. the show. It's it's the safety thing. It's the environment. Uh-huh. The environment's so important. But it's like the safe, the like looking for safety ends up making it unsafe because it kind of like put all these fears in you before the even show starts. Right, but that's the thing is, so when I go into a show, I'm trying to take care of their fears without them knowing. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to make them feel safe without them noticing that that's happening. I want them to just totally disregard. They don't even they don't even notice the value being provided to them, because I'm not selling them on that value. I'm selling them on how they felt when they came, and if they feel really good, then they're likely to come back without even understanding why they want to come back. Yeah. Which is better. It's a better relationship because the moment they can think about why they would or wouldn't come back, now whatever thoughts are in their head are going to dictate if they come back to my shows or not. Mm-hmm. Rather than if it's just felt thing. Then they're gonna go back because it felt good. Like oh, I want to feel good. I'm gonna get a dopamine release because I felt good and I felt safe and I want to be in that space again. Mm-hmm. So it's I don't try to make it a logical thing and be like ah this is all this shit I'm doing for you. It's more of doing it silently and just caring about people and not caring if they notice that you're caring about them. Yeah. And then they feel safe and then they feel good, which is good. And you're it's honest and it's compassionate. But then also they're gonna come back to your show. So it's like a win-win. You know, I'm gonna make more money. They're gonna feel better. Their life's gonna be better because they get to feel safe for a little bit. And then, you know, they're gonna attach the safety to me. And then I can, for and then once they get to a really safe point, mm-hmm. I can tell them the real shit. I could be like, hey, you know, be accountable for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're ignorant, you need to go learn. Like, I, at some point, like between two clouds, end up being a massive platform where I'm like, y'all gotta fucking step it up. Mm-hmm. But it's not there yet because I haven't, oh, yeah. I haven't, just, I haven't earned that right yet to tell people to really work on themselves. I haven't earned that safety with them yet. I just want them to take off all the inhibitions. Like, the thing is now, the whole I mean, system... be nice. Of, yeah, like, people who, like, where you have to... This is what you do. Like, they start five-minute sets at open mics. You build that in the 15 minutes. And you do that 15 minutes to get booked. And you do that book 15 minutes. And then you, like, get stuck into doing that same pattern over and over again because you're like... I want to keep this going. Right, that momentum. You don't want to lose that momentum. That's where, like, safety breeds the mediocrity. But it's like, how can you, like, encourage both without, like, destroying one or the other? I think you pack... It it comes down to packaging it. Like, this is something I've noticed with, like, stand-up. Both stand-up and DJing is so similar with how you format it. Mm -hmm. So let's say you have 30 minutes of, like, a stand-up set. You want to intro in a space where everybody can connect with you. You want everybody to be on your side when you start. Once you go to the middle... 
it's important that you almost push them away. I don't know mm-hmm. if you notice how like Bill Burr and Dave Chappelle do stand up. Yeah. Those are two of the best ever to ever do the it. Structure of it. They're like so a fucking DJ good. Set. They uh in the middle of it, they will push you away. They'll, they'll throw you away. Yo, get the fuck out mm-hmm. of this vibe because they already built all that trust. And like, yo, deal with it. And then when they pull you back, it feels so much better because mm-hmm. they set it up that way. That's, that's, how I that's what you do. See, I go for a whole different style. The people I like to watch and, 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 and it's very old and you might not... You're just like less funny. Huh? Yeah, yeah. He's like, funny he's as like hell. A, I mean, so like, who, what, are, what are some people? Are you like... I like, a, to, watch, I like to watch Jackie Moss and Abel. You ever seen her? No. Okay, see... Do you like, like, Maria Bamford? Probably. It's is. the same person, Oh, yeah. my God. Maria Bamford's... Bamford's pretty much mom's majorly, but she's, like, from the 40s and 50s. Okay. And, um, and you like, a Rodney about, Dangerfield type? So to speak, I, I don't like the criticism Rodney Bernie does. Mac. Or uh, Bernie Mac. I like some of his. Um, but I look at what they do in the delivery, not so much as the content, but the delivery of how they deliver what they do and how sure. they do comment on voices. We were talking about it. We're going to be doing some... There's a group of five of us are going to meet in here at least once every two or three weeks. That'll come out the first of the year. Also, and we're actually free, studying how to deliver and, and content and try to get the what we call the anywhere from eight to 20 second laugh. That means when you start a routine, they're going to come off every eight to 20 seconds. You're going to hear a laugh come up. Oh, yeah. It's Constantly. like jazz. Like so when you get through with your routine, riffs. if the crowd's not hurting, something's wrong. They're hurting yeah. from laughing so hard. Well, I mean, if you're really good, yeah. And and so that's what we're working on. And I do storytelling, so it's hard for me because I don't do one-liners. Yeah, but if you tell a story really well, you can make it funny without even skewing it throughout the whole thing. Oh, you can, I you can add that. little clips and little punchlines mm-hmm. in there. Oh, I understand it, but I'm just that's what we're working on right now is that that kind of concept. Yeah. And um, But I like to watch the older style comedians to see how they pulled off certain things. Because they were limited. They had so many limits put on them. And yeah. I mean absolutely unbelievable limits. Where today it's not, it's nowhere near. They're like limits. conversational bits. It was just like a lot it's of people getting, had the same It's routines. getting more limited, unfortunately. Yeah. Technically, to most people, if you allow limits to limit you. But what are you talking about, like music and like how you build up things? That's how right. I listen to music. Like they have a DJ set, so it's like an hour and a half where it's like right. in the middle is like sparse and whatever. Then at the end, it's like already been like hardcore and it disappears right there's there's a vibe to it, a relationship with that for sure and the stand-up is the same thing exactly mm-hmm. and you want it to end in a space where you felt like you got your value you felt safe and you felt almost you know wanting more but being fulfilled because you feel like you weren't fulfilled it's like uh why did it end that way but if you don't want more it's like why would i ever go back why would i watch yeah. it again well to give you an idea yeah leave not knowing or want more like the thing about like being like seeming like the 50 50 balance of like 50 percent written 50 percent riff where it kind of like they don't know what's going to happen next so it doesn't matter if you do like 10 minutes of material and you like hit on a lot of the same subjects if you do it in like a oblique way where nobody knows where it's come from then you can get away with like just making them all kind of unique one-offs like yeah feeling the feel in the crowd and good because it's all a connection like when you're wow. doing stand-up or DJing, you're trying to connect with the people in a mm-hmm. way that the way that they don't understand they're not about. logically thinking you're hitting them in a space where it's illogical it's all feeling because mm-hmm. you get that like gut visceral reaction about something you don't even want to logically laugh at but you're laughing at it that's what you really want the comedy you're like djing it's like somebody the best thing you can get mm-hmm. being a dj is this face like yeah. What the fuck I is this? It. I love it. Like, I you're, dis- you're disgusted by how life. much you like it. 
You're just right. disgusted by it. You see somebody like handbanging and like doing like weird shit, and then somebody's like the c- girl who worked in complaints. She's like this music makes me feel uncomfortable. It was anxiety because I was playing like crazy like 220 BPM mashups. BPM. Yeah, it's crazy shit. This is what I like playing with people don't know yet. Lives on LSD, Phil. But yeah, I was obviously that girl was on enough Adderall for it. It was like she was just flowing with it, and I was like, "This is getting crazy." Because they were probably cleaning up, and I was playing music while they were cleaning up. So I gave that shit up over forty some years ago. Um, what? BJM? No. Uh, <laughs> LSD. Yeah, I don't even do that much drugs. That's the um, thing. Me being sober is high to most people. Like the way I grew up, before I even did any acid or shrooms or whatever, I was who I am, or like weird as fuck before that. Like I was. Wearing like tie dye shirts and doing weird shit in like the third grade, and like it's like I've always been like a troll, so it's like I don't even know how to exist in normal society. They so I guess I should be on disability. Fuck day. it. What? They didn't have tie dye shirts. No, I made it myself. Me and my mom were out there making tie dye shirts in the woods, and I was like gluing fabric on the fucking jackets and making vests with like spikes coming out of them. I was like, fuck everybody. I'm doing what I want because I yeah don't know if anything is. I'm different. Real. Yeah. So what we did, I went to an open mic, I haven't been in a while, to um, do, and I won't go to an open mic for like three minutes. It's not worth, I, I can't even get on stage and do a three minutes. So it's a five minute open mic, it's a place that I feel very comfortable in, it's where I started doing open mics at, and I'm very comfortable there with the owner, the people, the whole thing. And I got up and totally bombed, and the reason I bombed is... You're not funny? What, what, it's not only was not funny, to me I wasn't comfortable connected with the people. I did not have anybody to connect with when I got up there, so I kind of lamely went through it. I could show you the file. Yeah, like when you do like just buy the numbers. So I even told like them with that. I said, I kind of hard. You have to make it about totally them. Bomb tonight. Is it going to throw me off and put me in tears and make me stamp? No. It, shit happens. But it was the fact that the reason I bombed is because I did not have any connection. Right. But nothing really fell in place. The environment has to feel right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you make a really good environment, it puts people on a better platform. Like, I've seen local comics that are very funny that they do really well at comic clubs, but I've had certain events, like house events, where they crush so fucking hard. I was mm-hmm. I was hurting. Right I, was in, I was in fucking tears because they're way funnier at, like, this house show event than I've ever seen them at a club because the environment was conducive for that. Yeah. Whereas other people... People that are more like genuine and compassionate and intimate, they do better in intimate settings because that's them. Versus like somebody like I think the distance between like like Sam Zani is gonna be better in a comedy club. Mm-hmm. He's a less intimate person. He's a less like individually caring, compassionate person. Crazy funny, crazy crazy good at like developing it as a craft. Whereas like Aaron Ransom is a very compassionate person. Mm-hmm. He's a very connect connect based person. So we put him in intimate settings. He fucking kills because he's like genuinely connecting. Like that's his goal. Where it's not this distant connecting. I've never like, seen him have a bad set, so I don't know. I've never, like, but I'm, I've seen I've seen him like absolutely fucking kill in these intimate settings. Versus like he, he kills regardless, but the intimate settings he just it's another level because that's that reflection. That's where he feels safe and that's where he thrives. That space. Whereas like Sam Zani's not going to do that. That's just not him. But then Sam crushes with like comedy club situations and he's he's great at it. Mm-hmm. And even if it's on the spot, no material, he's still great in that situation. That like distant connecting. Like, I provided you service, mm-hmm. I've paid you money, you are my joker, I am yeah, the listener, yeah. versus paint, like... Yeah. Lowest common denominator is what I call it. <laughs> versus cool. like an Aaron Ransom, like, he'll sit and chat with you after the show. Like, if it was a random guest on the thing and they wanted to come talk to him, it would be the same uh, love and relationship as when he's on stage. So it's a... Different people need different environments. Like, 
like for you, you need a different crowd. Like uh, you need a crowd that wants to hear stories. Oh, yeah. They want that. They don't want the quick, quick. You know, it quick, was like quick, people quick. are like nineteen to twenty-three in a bar. They probably don't want to hear anything because they like see all the okay boomer memes. Unless you want to play into that and like make that into a new thing, like yeah. a character in itself. Because it depends on what you want to do. If you want to hit a target audience, then you have to perform for that target audience. Yeah, I if, like doing talk shows more than anything. Mm -hmm. That's my favorite thing to do. And that's what we got coming out. Talk shows. I like, yeah, actually random, have one well, Whatever this is. <laughs> this is kind of weird, but it's going to be coming out of the senior center in March. That sounds come, about right. Target and you audience. Have to, it takes five mm -hmm. or six months to set the thing up. Nine one nine six four four two zero zero. I kill it. See you soon. Center coming to you soon. It's not about uh, like being. But a, the point I'm trying to make is, it's not because I'm older. It's because the facility's there, and there's a lot of talent there that's just sitting around. At the senior centers? Oh, yeah. We have no idea. They have basketball guys. Improv you think Leo Hudson's cool? There's like five of them down there. And um, one guy makes, there, and, yeah. and we're going to tap into the to the. There's people over there that play piano, play guitar, do all So it's going to be a variety show, like two hours. Of all senior center people. Mm -hmm. Well, does it have to be? We're going to have interviews with public You're politicians heard of and the whole nine. And the guys just like a life support job. <laughs> but it's just part of the. The thing and they've got a big auditorium the stage the lights the yeah. sound the whole nine yards been, again it's like if, if your target audience something that would really value all that then that's a great space to do it mm -hmm. but um like if you then, want if you want hipsters to watch your shit you got to put a hipster environment yeah go to Asheville when nobody knows you and tell everybody you're the antichrist because you're like your whole character is being the devil's advocate regardless of who's like Philip pretends to be Philip God Philip no, everything has to be the Antichrist. No, that's the branding. But I realize that people are dumb in North Carolina. They don't get it because Phil thinks he's actually a doubly schizophrenic. Or I'm gonna start crying and like write a blog about him on Facebook. Oh, yeah. That's not what I think. I think not you. I think I'm talking about. Yeah, I think people. you're gonna start crying and coming. Oh no, that's like part of it. Like the thing <laughs> about like people just not knowing the difference between our and um, I guess. If you start crying, I'm gonna have to give you paper towels. I always started crying on stage. I started talking about my dad, like snapping after we saw Shaft. Like I took him to go see Shaft, and then he went back that into the institution like recently. Yeah. So I was like, when Shaft came out, like I was like thinking everything's going great. Like oh yeah, I'm getting whatever, and then boom, like reality sets in, and then that turns into comedy. And then people are like you shouldn't talk about that. That's too real because somebody might call the cops because your dad's still threatening to kill you guys. Like fuck you guys. You guys act like you care, but I was like. The real reason is like they want me to be just like him and like fucking shooting people because they want me to get on like medication and shit and be a fucking. I don't slave. think they've thought through it that. Yeah, far. that's what I think. Like he's unmedicated, he's untrained, he's unsafe. We gotta fucking. So my question, him. right? Is like Wolfgang and Austin. That's how I gotta like, get. Like I was like, those guys, all they do is like before we get into talk Wolfgang. shit about people. I was like, you motherfuckers been popping hella beans. I don't even know what Adderall does to people. All right, like, all right, check this out. Craziness. Check this out though. So you're 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 at the movie theater, right? You're eating popcorn with your oh dad. God. Yeah. You're watching this movie Shaft. At what point do you look over and you see those eyes just flip? And you're like, oh fuck! This oh no, might no, not this what happened. Middle of the movie, it was like his, it was like a father son thing. Like his dad was like an asshole that was never there. It was like the narcissist alcoholic father, and his son was like trying to be like him, but the opposite version. But he ended up being just like him, trying to like not grow up like him, and yeah. <laughs> but like, at what point did he like stop eating popcorn? We ran out like a popcorn like forty minutes, and then you start getting antsy. Then, or was it like like at what point did? Because you said right after he went to the mental institution. Oh no no, this happened. Uh, that time was getting weird. <laughs> oh yeah, we started crying in the movie because we started relating to it too much. Okay. And then 
like he was like this is the best father's day ever and then i like brought him home we like watched some more netflix and we like just hung out and then he left and he like found the dude that was like doing it like one of the people who like supposedly gave him a joint and fucked him up with pcp and he like threatened the guy with a guy to fucking phone out and he put a call to cops and then it was like now he's been in and out of fucking meditation. He's shitting himself in this, like, whatever. But I figured out a way to make it funny, and it's like, people like, this is too real, you ain't show your emotional side, but it's like, I have to pretend to not have emotion to be an asshole so I can protect people from seeing what I actually have to go through to do this shit for free every fucking week just so I won't have to hear about what happens at my house like I used to do before I even did comedy. Like, that's the only reason I do this shit. I'm like, uh, gotta fucking ring the alarm because I see a lot of people on fucking antidepressant shit around me and they just act like it's a fucking normal thing, a joke, not even things like they mix with alcohol and shit. And it's like, because he's like, oh, my whole life I didn't even know until recently because he's mixing it. And that's probably why it also exacerbated the side face. But it's like, just knowing that shit is just like, I don't even care. It's like, so comedy is your way of coping with it. Yeah, yeah. So when you when you are saying, saying so when I make him a fake character like being an asshole, in there, it's really to protect people from having to see me hurt in private. Because they around me more and like actually want to get into my art and like figure out why I do certain things, then it would expose the waste ones and darkness, and this pretty much getting the same result now. If they actually knew me, it probably would be even like more freaked out. So it don't even matter. It's like, yeah. I do this. I do the same thing. Like everything I do is from darkness. Like all the between two class stuff. It's a very bright thing, but it comes from dark shit. No, we all have to pretend like we're all happy and we're just only doing jokes for jokes and like uh, whatever in public. So it's like draining. Yeah. So to me, I have to be like an anti-social extrovert where I like pretend like I'm trying to draw us attention, but then push people away at the same time. Just uh, only like a small percentage of people actually get to know the real me. So I can protect myself from getting fucked over by people who's like feel schizophrenic and it's violent and got hurt people and it's like not actually what I'm trying to do. But it gets protection because I mean, my dad's actually violent and shit like that and he's got fucking prior records of doing that. And I'm like I don't know. But I am happy being a pizza that I have for the rest of my life. I'm just like delivering pizzas, so it's like getting on disability or whatever is gonna fuck me over and like free speech, second amendment, come in apocalypse, whatever, it's another thing with my comedy, it's technically dangerous, but, yeah, so I'm like, I can stay out, of, like, not a part of the system, and just be, like, making $300 a month, and, like, living in a van, probably, in a couple of months, so I get that van, <laughs> I can't live in the mosque, it's too small, but, yeah, but, or dying, but it's not exercise. It's like slowly diabetes take my legs. Or, yeah. That's how I do. I like cry. I try. I try to make people like feel sad and feel like super happy and don't even worry about it. Like that's time. Yeah. This this whole it's thing was just a roast of your leg. Yeah, yeah. This is all. I mean, all the cookies all the way here just sort of make it real. So he'll come in and I'm gonna kill myself. Yeah, I always do. I've been like this since I was a baby. I've been wanting to kill myself since I was born, pretty much. Like, me four years old. So shut up. Yeah. You even know, like, that's the part. Like, when my dad's like getting, like, raped by demons, whatever fucked him up, but it's, like, weird hallucinations. (laughs) I experienced it when I got my fucking tonsils taken out, and I was, like, just going through a routine medical thing fucked me up for a while, because I was, like, I don't know what was real, what ain't real. 
And like this not telling like this being like not talking, this being a weird black kid listening to Danzig and this fucking turning into a metal goth asshole, like antichrist character and this pretty much the black joker, but I don't know. <laughs> it's weird. They have to play too. <laughs> but yeah. Let's part of it. Why did it get so deep at the end? <laughs> I feel like yeah. That's natural. But I mean, this I, is part of my I mean, I did tell you I drove out here for a mobile therapy session. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know that's what I was doing. That's what all content is. <laughs> it's like all I, therapy, like him talking to prostitutes. I used to have that same problem. And that's one of the reasons I feel weird about Tank. Because I was addicted and all that shit. And like, growing up, I used to like fucking paychecks when I was in the fifth grade. Like, that's how fucking I wanted to. You're doing what in the fifth grade? What? You're doing what in the fifth grade? Like, a girl came up, she like, I'll be your girlfriend when they're like in the fifth grade. She started taking my lunch money, and I was like, I wanted to kill myself because everybody knows I'm paying her to be my fake girlfriend. And it's just like, shit like that. I just having to hide it. It's just like. Then I, like, I make it funny, and people like, you shouldn't say that. I was like, this is real. It's like, I get it out. And then, you know, I allow it to express it. So, fuck it. It's like, ugh. they say self harm. I'm like, nah, he's gonna harm myself. I was like, I already didn't kill myself enough just for, like, drinking and being a regular American. So, I'm like, why is it anything I'm saying now is gonna cause you to try to come in and be the freaking savior. So I think a lot of it is just because uh, people are okay with emotions if it's packaged where they feel safe. Mm -hmm. So it's it's more of like you do like talk fast. Yeah, I so probably, probably express it puts people on end and yeah. edge just for that. And then it's also like raw authentic emotion. So people are weird with that because they, don't, trying to they don't express develop well. a character. That's why I come up with Anti Bay. I was like, if I talk slow with a deep ass voice, maybe I can express it. But it's like, it won't be funny because it's like not my real voice. So like, it could be funny. I mean, it's something where maybe you could become a, a little calmer, mm -hmm. and then it would come across well without changing much. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do this. I'm not saying you, oh, I need yeah. you to. I'm saying yeah, because somebody would, likes spasm. Like when you see like five people doing it, like exact some kind of setup punch on a comedy. If a guy just comes in and just fucking goes crazy, it can either go good, crazy good, or crazy bad. But like Depends I'm set up, willing to see what happens. But I also think it's a testament if you could do both. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Especially, yeah. yeah. Or start off in a space where they feel safe and then just go on wild. Yeah, yeah. It's like, make them feel safe first. And then lose them. Then they and bring trust them back you. And, and then they trust you to where when you lose them, they trust you'll bring them back to. It's hard then, to do that. Then like you can just. It's, it's, oh, like, it's so fucking hard. That's yeah, why. Three that's why minutes I like the open mic thing because I'm scared. Like, I got only three minutes and then this whole bit is going to take me like 10 just to get people in the headspace to be able to take what's going next. Start your own show. Yeah. Give yourself 10 minutes a month. Nobody shows up. It's part of it. It's like everybody. Like, oh, the whole thing, like clicking this, like on, if you put it out there, like you know, if you like you talk about you promote things and put it on Facebook, I can't do that. If I put anything out there, there are people in the industry who've been saying Phil has fake shows. They don't actually exist. He's just putting out shit just to fucking Whoa. make you think he has it, so he can like get you get on the show. I was like I don't even want to be on their show. So like, why even say it's a fake show? I was like the BDS in them show did happen. There was eight people there, and I fucking did a weird ass set. They tried to get me naked. I did like fifteen minutes and like. Two other comics came out, and Lucas is like crazy. But nobody's ever gonna know. Like, it was in the moment they enjoyed it, they want to have more. But the Boss Club's closing down because they can't keep it in. Cause it's Did fucking, you say somebody tried to get you naked? There is a joke. I was wearing a fucking slipknot suit during the oh. thing because before that, I used to walk around in like Ugg boots and like uh, leopard print. Nobody wants pants. to see you naked. <laughs> go, go, go no, no, that's funny. It's part of the bit. Like, that was the thing I built that community of there's people. There's got to be somebody that wants to see him naked. No. Yeah, there's somebody. Yeah, somebody yeah, I offered me like 20 bucks so, in Italy. No, there's somebody. There's, there's somebody. somebody. No, mm -hmm. we all no, no, I, got, I, got, I don't even like myself. Well, that's the thing. I was like, I used to be hot. Like when I first got in shape, and then I stopped exercising. 
And now I half dated, but whatever. <laughs> I'm like half dead time. No, <laughs> but <necrosis>. whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm good, I'm good. I like, feel you <laughs> smelling weird. I'm like, uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> Could be some kind of weird fungal thing, you know, like a blood disease. I might be like, yeah. I did eat bad shrooms one day. Like, I, that, thing, that story is true. Like, people tell me about me being crazy. I grew them. And then, like, my dad went crazy and threw him away because he said shrooms for the devil. Like, no, they made my life better. Cops started doing comedy and, like, being positive. And then, uh, yeah, I ate them from off the dog shit. And they fucked me up, probably. Oh, no. But I ate, like, a quarter. I was like, if Did these are poison shrooms, them? I'll be dead. Yeah, I washed them and dried them out. But I was like, they still smell well, I weird. you're all right. Yeah, but it's like, they didn't, they didn't get me high. I just, like, my eyes were, like, really so, blind. I, think, <laughs> like, I, I was like, a little bit well, more they water. the ones you got out of the backyard. Yeah. Because they, they were good when they grew in my house, but when he dumped them over the stump, he was just like, oh yeah, my dog used to shit around that stump, so I was like, these grew off of dog shit, not off of just the stump. Because some of them grew off of wood, some of them grew off of shit, whatever, but yeah. I think a little bit more water, a little bit more meditation, yeah, being, come back. being around people that make <laughs> you feel safe, I think you do yeah. those three things and a lot of those problems go away. And uh, guess what? I, I took a six month break, I was like completely sober, and I like drank water, I was like drinking kale shakes, and I was like, this is the clearest I've ever been, it's like a life experiment. People still treat me the same way regardless, but I was like, I was still having like a fun ass, great set on comedy, I was like clear, expressing it right like Why I am now. back to that? I mean, I'm close to it now. Like, this is me on, like, way too much coffee. Like, I drank, like, three cups of coffee before I got here. And well, I that's, that's a lot of coffee, Phil. I'm about to cut coffee. I'm cutting coffee, cigarettes. Because, like, my whole thing about, like, becoming at one point being, like, the enlightened guy of comedy and, like, losing all the weight and being all, like, positive guy. Seeing how people respond to it. And then seeing how people respond to me, like, starting to smoke cigarettes. Like, I fucked myself all on purpose. It's like a bit to, like, just fuck with people's perception of me. You did it for the gram. Yeah. I'm dying for the ground. Got that fucking Deadpool shit. <laughs> Good uh, cancer. Small recommendation: start with one. Uh, start with cigarettes. Uh, mm-hmm. That's I, easy. I'm, not, I'm nobody, one, but uh, that's what I would I would do. And uh, yeah. And if you want to see some uh, sexy pictures on Instagram, you well, can text. I try to get rid of porn. Nine one nine six four four two zero. Like me being anti-porn. Some girl got mad at me. I remember my last thing I said when I got off stage like two I'm weeks ago in Charlotte. I'm was I'm not fucking. I don't care. I'm fucking something like that. I was riffing. And like somehow she was thinking like I was flirting with her the whole night because I didn't say bye to her. But yeah, it's so look, more weird shit. It's because of my perception. I gotta do shopping yeah, gotta go. sometime this afternoon. So I'm gonna pause the yeah, video. I think we could, uh, let's, uh, let's, we, I can chop all this up and then make it like up. not like implicative. Yeah. No, no, just. I got you. I got you. I got you. Don't edit it at all. Yeah, because some people make they like, say I should edit out names. I was like, usually I just release stuff regardless, and people don't edit anything. Anything yeah. that's involving me, don't edit anything. I just, I'll, I I'll say take out the silent chunks. Maybe that. I'm taking everything you said, Eddie. I'm just gonna delete it. No. It's like, you can get, because the weirdness helps it out. Like, when I over talk him and even like be an asshole, but it's just like, that's also part of it. I think it's like, that's I love a, Tom, so it's like. I think that's a good quote to end on. The weirdness helps us out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's my buddy. Yeah. Even though I hate him and, and I can't stand him, he's still my buddy. That's like I say, people with mental illness enrich our lives. I've been seeing like those little like billboards in Greensboro, but I was just like. That's another one we could end on. Okay, Mental illness enriches our lives. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a podcast, y'all. Enriching. Uh, thank y'all so much for joining us. Uh, there's been a not Phil Illuminati here. Uh, mm-hmm. There's been a Matthew Between Two Clouds. Uh, I didn't introduce my name. I'm not going to now. <laughs> and, and Steve. Then we, we also have a lock behind the camera. A Tom what? Lock. Tom York. Tom York. Uh, Tom York, Tom. you can reach him at 919-644-2004. Your buddy Tom, that's what I go What's by. up with Tom at gmail.com. Thank y'all so much for joining Smallwood us. Court, yeah, yeah. Hillsborough, NC. Send him nudes. Oh, I got all this, like, I do it in post.